Mike check. Mike check. Yes, everything's working. Everything's good to go. I am very, very excited today. Um, I think this might be the first podcast that's like actually under the currency exchange banner. Oh, nice. So in in instead of being a starving artist, because starving artist is gonna change. I've mentioned that a bunch of times. I think this might be the first one that's actually like a currency exchange podcast. And I think, oh, it is. This is episode yeah, yeah. fifty. This is episode <laughs> nice. fifty. Oh, I, I, this is I feel very episode honored. fifty. I'm very very excited. <laughs> um, today we have Tennille. I don't think I forgot a last name. Tennille Nielsen. Tennille Nielsen. Okay, so yes. we got Tennille Nielsen of the Hive on Sixteenth. Yes. This is a really dope collective that my dad took me to. Like. It might have been a year ago now. Yeah, it was about a year ago. It might have been a year ago. So it's a collective of artists here in Phoenix that, um, really whatever you can find. My mom got tattooed here. My mom's gotten some jackets done here. Um, (laughs) I've heard so many awesome things about this spot and it's really, really cool to finally kind of, I don't know, just kind of see like how everything's going. Cause like I said, I was here for a year, like last year on the way to something like my dad's like oh hey stop over here yeah we got to talk so it was and it was really cool to meet you but now it's like oh no this is like you know th- hey something's happening yeah, like, right things right. are moving now. absolutely things are moving forward that's good, that's <laughs> Which good. So, is great. so passing your house what, what what's been going on How you okay doing? so um i came into hive the hive which is the original name uh, Ten years ago, Julia and Steve are the OGs of the original Hive. Okay. So I always like to give them a shout out. Awesome. This was a place that artists could always come and create goods. And it was more of a trade system. Um, yeah. So you would come in, do a favor, and have a spot. Uh, there weren't leases. It was just kind of a free-flowing, amazing space. Yeah. I walked in as a writing. I just needed a place to write. And there was a coffee shop right up here on 16th Street, right inside um, which has been uh, downsized and moved to a coffee window back now. But I spent a lot of time in that coffee shop, and I just love the environment. And so I started doing collaging art books and journals, and I decided to come here for a first Friday and sell these art books and journals. Mm. And so I sat in the courtyard like all the other artists do and sold one. And then um, so after that, I met with one of the store owners. She took some of my books in, and she eventually had to move to Texas. So I took her shop over in the corner called composite boutique and then during covid i saw some suits walking through and no suits come to hive you know the hive so i broached the owners and said listen if you are looking to sell this place i would really really like a dib on this and i would really love to keep it as is right i'm not going to commercialize this i'm not going to blow anything up we're going to make it just about artists and how it should and how i felt it it was managed and run to begin with so that's how this whole thing began i was just selling art books and journals in the courtyard so i always tell people come as a visiting artist because you may own property at the end you yeah know? <laughs> that's a, that's something that my um i had a professor um like a not economics professor but like a entre- entrepreneurship professor a while ago that it's funny my dad actually had him at his mba yeah and i had him when i first started going to college it's so awesome and so he read like oh okay cool like he was reading off the names and he's like braven carlson i was like yeah right here and i was like and he like kind of looked at me for a minute it's like all right cool and he like kept it moving and then i talked to my dad later i'm like hey i think you know this guy like i I really think you do and i he's something somebody i call every now and then and he he one day he goes hey man are you david son well yeah that's my dad he's like i knew it i knew it all right anyway how can i help you but like he was he talked about succession plans yeah and i think for like on me it's like oh man if i ever have kids that that would be something i want to you know 
give to them. And then my dad's like, well, what if the kids don't want it? Because that happens. Right, totally. And I was like, you know what I want? And it took me a while and I was thinking about it. I was like, man, can you imagine selling to, like, the, just the people? Mm-hmm. Like, in general. Like, whoever it is. Like, you know, sometimes it's one person, but sometimes it's, like, a community-owned, you know, kind of kind of thing. And I think that's totally. perfect because we've got a lot of corporate stuff in Arizona. Yeah. We've got a lot of corporate stuff yes. in Arizona. And it's... I mean, sometimes it's cool. Sometimes you get, like, really interesting stuff out of it. Like, the way that they've kind of changed Roosevelt and, like, the right. Churchill. Like, that's cool. Yes. Yes, totally. And you can tell some of it's not 100% local. Right. And that's okay because, you know, you kind of bring it from different areas. But this being like, no, no, this is our thing. Like, yeah. This is all ours. I think that's incredible. Yeah. We're going to try to keep it, even throughout the rest of the phase, which is adding some more um, units out back. Yeah. We're going to keep it as the OG. I, I believe that there should be no, I came up with this the other day, I was like, I want it to be no commercialization, more environmentalization. Meaning mm-hmm. like if I bring stuff in here, we need to somehow do something back to the environment. So if we bring some products in off the back, they have to be cognizant of what's going on in the world. So yeah. the next phase will be um, much more, much more of, earth friendly and environmental friendly. I don't need this to be commercialized. You can you can really find stuff like this throughout Phoenix now. And yeah. I think that being the OG and letting it stay a hive hidden gem is my deal. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you can go there there are some places like if you look at fast food like obviously McDonald's like that's the crazy like, you know, scale model, but there's other places that you would think have better food that you can get out their name out and they're like, "No, we want to stay here." Yeah. You know, we yeah. don't want to be, we could be even even regionally known, but it's like, or you could just be the ones that won at home. Right. You guys, you know, just stayed here and you just developed all this. And that's, that's been something that I've been thinking about a lot, just realizing, and it's not even like a, you know, like a sad thing, like I'm never going to be the, you know, world famous, but at a certain point you don't need to be. No. Like, it, and it, you don't, do you want that pressure? No. Of being, you know, the, the <laughs> Nike, hard, you know? the McDonald's, <laughs> you know? It, and so I think about that and I'm like, yeah, even finding, finding where you're supposed to be. Yes. And blooming where you're planted. That's what I've been focusing on. It's just like, hey man, Arizona, there's, there's some issues with it, but let me be here right now. Right. And then if I move somewhere else or if I get the chance to travel, then I'll be there. Yep. But let's just be here right now and yeah. just win here. And make, if you can't find your place, because I know um, I was listening to some of your other podcasts and, and finding friends is a little bit difficult and challenging in Phoenix, you know, because there are so many people coming from different places. And I, I believe that if you found a spot, create a space. Create yeah. a space for people to come. You know, this, buying it through COVID, this building was a challenge because getting just people out to come to spend time. It's an indoor-outdoor facility, so in the back you'll notice green patches of grass. Those were all measured out six feet, so a whole family could come, sit on that patch, know that they are on a little safe island during COVID, and it's outside, and then you could be six feet away from your neighbor. So it was always based on just bringing people, trying to get them out of their home into an environment that is indoor-outdoor and feels safe. Um, but the artists coming in or the small businesses, I'd say, like to say like an incubator, these are artists who really have a challenge finding rentals otherwise. If you're a hairdresser, it's, it's kind of easy for you to find a rental. If you're yeah. a ceramicist or a macrame artist, it is not easy to find an affordable rent that you can actually do your craft and then sell your craft. Yeah. So these um, artists open three days a week to sell what they've been working on the entire rest of the week. 
So I feel like if it continues and we can really focus on these creatives, then this place will just go on forever. And just and if you get bigger and we've we've moved on, three businesses have moved on. Our ceramicist has moved on to bigger and better things. Tidy Spaces is now in LA doing oh, rappers' really? houses. Um, DK awesome. Living Walls has moved on. He's doing great things. And that's the thing that I kind of realized. I'm a I'm a huge sports fan. And I see it with, like, college sports and, uh, to a point, high school sports. But also, I became a big soccer fan over the past four or five years. And they talk about, like, these smaller clubs will develop these players. And then, hey, you're too small to, like, you're too big to play here. Go play for Manchester. Yes. Go yes. play for, you know. And to me, that's, when you're known, there, there's a club in uh, the Netherlands called Ajax. And they're known for developing some of the best players in the world because all they do is bring in guys that they see with potential develop them and teach them how to play and then bigger clubs will be like all right who do you got this year they come to you and i'm like that's the coolest thing ever because like there's no beef with anybody right. like you're competing you're still putting together a good team but like you're not really like there's no rivalry there's no issues with anybody you're just hey i'm developing the best that you can so for me when i told people like hey if we get an artist and, you know, he's a rapper and he's doing his thing. And he's like, hey, man, I can't be in Phoenix anymore. I got to go to L.A. Do your thing. You got to. Go get signed, bro. What do you want? Come you on. You just want to be a little part. If you could be a yeah. little part of somebody. And it's a succession plan. I honestly, truly believe that that's what it is. You can see someone's. If you sit down and talk to someone, you can see where they're going. Yeah. Through their words. Like, if you really pay attention and sit and listen to the silence sometimes, you know that these kids are going places. Yeah. This business is going to grow, and I just want to be able to give them the opportunity like any other artist would have, and that is just a lower rent to be able to afford to do it and not yeah. go broke. It's fun, too, because when you when you get into, like, the scouting, and not even scouting. I don't like saying scouting because it's not, like, a business plan to me. Right. Like, a lot of the people I've met, one guy, Jalo, I met him at a dispensary that he worked at and I was getting some stuff and I was just waiting on, on him to come back and I was like you know we just started talking yeah and now he's somebody that you know we, we were constantly talking about like oh hey let's do this let's do this so um I met somebody else just at first Fridays and what what's really really cool is like so I tell this story all the time I was in LA with my brother where you're seeing a, a gorillas concert okay my brother's never really been to LA and I'm like, hey, we're only here for the weekend, so I can't show you everything I want to show you, but I can show you a lot. And we were in a hotel in Korea. Uh, not, not quite Koreatown, but kind of downtown-ish, so okay. there's a lot going on. Took him to this concert, and I'm like, hey, don't call taxis here. There's really no taxis here. <laughs> Uber everywhere. Right. It's expensive. It sucks. Uber everywhere. Right. And he's like, all right, cool. So we get in this Uber, and I talk to everybody. Right. I start talking to this guy. I'm like, yo, man, like, what you up to? What brings you out to LA? Like, you know, he's like, oh, you know, I think. I'm, I'm just chilling. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm, I'm a, I'm a music producer. I'm like, oh, for real? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, man. Yeah, I run a label. I'm like, yeah, man. I, I was, I'm, I'm here for festivals and concerts a lot. You got anybody that I don't know? And he's like, oh yeah, just this dude. You know, he, he's starting to pop off. He's making some noise. Uh, yeah, and he told me his name. I was like, oh, I've heard of that dude. Yeah, he's pretty dope. Yeah, I like him. He's like, wait, you've heard of him? I'm like, yeah, like on the East Coast, man, like I, I had a friend that was into all this stuff and he kind of put me on to a lot of these guys and he's like, yo, that's, that's super dope. And I'm like, yo, you on Instagram or anything like that? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, 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 I got, got his Instagram. And um, we talked here and there for a little bit, both got busy. And 
last year his artist was on the Billboard charts. Oh no shit. And I hit him. I shot him with a text. I'm like, hey man, I heard your I heard your bro. He's like, yeah man, I'm excited. I'm like, dude, that might have been the best album of the year, straight up. I'm like, you're probably not gonna get the recognition for it because you know there's bigger artists. I'm like, straight up, that was probably my favorite album of the year. Oh, and he's awesome. like, oh dude, like you know that means a lot. And kind of out of nowhere, he goes, when are you gonna be in LA next? Oh, dude, I'm going to be out there, you know, I'm actually going to be out there next month and then in a few months after that. And I told him, he's like, when you come out here, come out to the house, let's, uh, let's, let's talk, let's do some stuff. And I'm like, just a very organic conversation that I had last year. So no, longer than that, like two and a half years ago, turned into, hey, let's, let's, let's talk, let's do something. Let's, and I think that's what people are missing is that stop treating it like a business. Mm-hmm. Stop treating your interpersonal relationships like like something that is going to eventually make you money because it might not. And then when people are, then people would get mad because like, oh, I didn't get anything out of this relationship. Right. It's like, well, what were you looking for? Yeah, yeah. Like, were you just looking for someone just to be cool with? Were you looking for something? Like, I think that's an issue that a lot of people have, and it doesn't sound like that's something. It sounds like here it's much more free flowing. It should be. I would hope. But I, I, you know, you're dealing with so many different personalities and, and artists are artists. I mean, and asking an artist to open three days and stand in front of the public to sell what they've crafted, what they've made, and then he, if they have to hear anything negative from it, it's got to be a very challenging yeah. and difficult thing. So I remember the feeling of not selling a book that day and being like, why am I even doing this? I got to just stop this. And it's those questions, though, that you have in your mind that you have to shut down. And just keep pushing it out there. Because somebody will, if you're truly, and like you say, if you're truly honest and know what you're doing and feel fluid in your belief, then it's going to work. It's going to work. It just means sometimes you need to change it too. True. Sometimes you're like, oh, okay. Like maybe, maybe I can't sell art books, but maybe I can sell prints. Yes. Like maybe a $60 book is a bit too much of an investment, but a $10 print I can do. Yes. Or have someone come in who loves your art and sell for you. Yeah, sometimes people, yeah. people don't do that. <laughs> no, sometimes you're like, okay, so you should probably stay behind the scenes yeah. and then put that person out in front who is your biggest fan. Yeah, right, your biggest it, cheerleader. And so those people matter just because, I mean, a lot, especially artists in general, they typically don't want to be out. Even musicians and guys that you think would be like really out there, uh-huh. typically they don't really want to do all that. Uh-huh. That's the reason why they got into art, not business. Yeah. Yeah, they you don't know? want it's and it is a and it, it it's a it's a challenging way to be supportive. Yeah. But as if someone understands it that way, you know, like I want you to be successful and it is all your creation and sales that will make it successful. Put it all on their lap and then have them deal with it. And sometimes it takes a full year and by the end of the year they're like, I can't believe I've ran my own business, a brick and mortar for a whole year. And yeah. it's like, yeah, you did it. You did it. You made it. Now where were you what's next? What's your next step? Are you gonna stay? You can stay. And I would never kick anyone out. They can stay as long as they want to. My goal is that they are bigger and better and they yeah. make more and they have to leave. And I'm like, see you later. Um that is the dream for me. And the cool thing is what I've noticed, I mean, I, I'm a military brat, and then I joined the military, so I've moved around my whole life. Um, one of the tattoos I have is is a tattoo of, it's like an artist's interpretation of Yggdrasil, which is the trio of the nine realms. And he was like, oh, why why do you have the nine realms, you know, of Norse mythology here? I'm like, I lived in nine places before I turned 18. 
Like, I bounced around all the time, and what's crazy is that it used to be, like, where, hey, if you left, I might not see you anymore. Right. Like, it might, that might be it. Right. But now it's like, well, no, I can hit you up on Instagram. I can see you, yeah, like, oh, hey, man, I'm in town for three days. Yeah. Come through, you know, something like that, where it's just the world has gotten smaller to the point where those relationships can keep going. Yeah, yeah, now you easily keep it going. Yeah. But I also, you know, there's a lot to be said about someone who travels that much before the age of 18 and what you have to offer. You know, I felt like when I, I was, I was born in Maine, but my last stint was in New York City doing my, I was a makeup artist for 25 years. I was, I was a freelance makeup artist. Okay. But the moment I moved to New York City and I saw a 12 year old jump on the subway with his backpack and then get off where school was, I immediately thought, I'm so envious of that child because I will never have as much experience as he has living this life right now. I was in a, you jump in the car in the driveway, you'd get dropped off at school and you get picked up and you get back home. So it was, a, so that was the best six years. I did it very later on in life, but the best six years where I had to realize, oh, come on, there's so much more. You gotta just do it. Oh, you yeah. gotta just try, go somewhere, take a bus, take a public bus. Yeah. Take a, Even in Phoenix, I moved here straight from New York and I took the 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 tram. I was like, I gotta try this trail. I mean, the um, their their train system it's not quite the or same. whatever. It's not quite the same. <laughs> no, but I was like, at least I would try it. So I feel like I'm, um, there wasn't as much dancing and entertainment and art, but it was definitely. I've run into boring. yeah, those guys. I, there's a couple guys in L. A. that like. Right when they walked in, you heard that, oh, I was like, yes, yes, let's go. Like, man, I love these guys. Let's go. <laughs> truly, truly. So I feel like that being said, you have so much to bring to people. And people can learn a lot from someone who travels that much. It's, I tell everybody, like, the, as soon as you can, get your passport. And I don't think people realize how inexpensive it is to travel as long as you're doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. So the, the kind of scheme that I came up with was $50 a paycheck. If you get paid bi-weekly, which most people do, if you get paid weekly, it's even easier. It's 25 a paycheck, you know? Okay. But $100 a month, that gets you $1,200. That's a flight anywhere in the world. Truly. Pretty much. I mean, some places it might be like 14, 16. For the most part, that's a flight anywhere in the world. If you get a decent tax return, I'm talking like anywhere from like 800 to 1200 just a decent tax return, that pays for a week, again, almost anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. If you just take your regular paycheck that you live with and you just live for a week... In we did it in uh, Tokyo and we did one in Oslo. We did one in uh, Stockholm, and I travel to LA all the time. But I think next year I might do Vancouver. Mm. Me and a couple friends are talking about going to Marseille for a little bit. Nice. And you just meet people and yeah. just do stuff, and you just kind of see. Oh, especially if you, especially if you live in America, you're like, oh, this isn't the end all be all. Right. Right. Because I feel like a lot of people treat in America treat America as like the center of the universe. Mm -hmm. And when you kind of go out and see, oh, there's really cool stuff from here that we can do. There's cool yeah. stuff here that we can do. It really changes how how you treat business even. Like yep, how you treat absolutely. your relationships. Oh, absolutely. I, I think traveling is like the one thing that people can do fairly easily that would actually have the biggest impact on them. Truly. And it, and it can and you can pick your best friend. I chose. I went a route of 
picking inexpensive places once you get there. So I did South America for a month because you were living, yeah. you know. And these are places I want to do Bali. You have. I want to do Bali. I haven't done Bali. <laughs> but that would be an amazing trip. But I feel like, yeah, you, you save your save your $25. I think that's an actual, your fund for traveling. And then if it is that larger, like a co you won't be able to go to London with the same dollar a month. You'll be able to go right. to Rio de Janeiro, you know, or um, places. But I feel like if you are confident and you just act normal, you can go anywhere and just choose a place that's a little bit less expensive once you get there to survive for a long yeah. time. Yeah, and people, mm -hmm. in, it's funny, when I was in the army, they had like a training of like, all right, this is how you can show people, like, you don't want to be too American. And it's like, bro, they know. <laughs> they know, dude. The mm -hmm. second that mm -hmm. you open your mouth, they're like, oh, really? Yeah, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> and even like, I, I heard it from when we were in Sweden and people were like, oh, I could tell you're American by how you walk. I'm like. Really? Are you serious? No, like, yeah, Americans just walk a little bit. They said Americans walk arrogantly, and I was like, yeah, that sounds uh, right there. Is it confident or arrogant? Um, yes. Could be both. Yeah, it's, <laughs> well, they're like, they, Americans walk like they own everything they touch, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds like us. <laughs> yeah, My worst compliment, we were in, I think it was Turkey, and this guy, this guy goes, you're American? And I was like, yeah. And my friends told me sometimes to just say Canadian. I don't know why, but they were like, it's just, if you're in a place, just do it if you want. And I was like, nah, I'm just gonna. I was close because it means close, but no. Uh, so American, and the guy was like, oh, and you can't visualize this, but he was like, remote control, big belly, American. That's awesome. <laughs> and I was like, oh, total visual. <laughs> I was you're like, like, thank you. He's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> I had somebody in, um, we were in, I think it was German. Yeah, it was Germany. And um, it was Colombia versus England. We were there during the World Cup. And I'm just kind of, you know, minding my own business. And he comes up to me and he goes, uh, hey, man. I was like, all right. You know, and I'm just kind of like, all right, man, I'm not trying to, you know, don't do nothing crazy. Don't get in no fights, <laughs> nothing like that. He's like, are you Colombian? I was like, nah, dude. He's like, you English? Nah, dude. So you American? And this is like right after Trump got elected, so I'm like, "Do you even say yes?" Yeah, man, I'm American. And he uh, he turns to me, he's like, "Are you black?" I'm like, "Hell!" I kind of look at him, big African dude, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm black." And he's like, "You're Nigerian today, my friend. Come with us. No questions asked. No questions asked." That's amazing. And it was it was dope because like my brother at the time he had a huge afro and and he was wearing dashiki. Like I was like, "Oh man, you look so good. It's so nice to meet you." His fiance says, oh, it's nice to meet you, little sister. I'm like, man, this guy's being really cool. My other brother's really quiet. And, you know, he doesn't really, you know, talk talk to people like that. And he read that instantly. He's like, hey, man, it's really, really, like, lowered his voice, like, just shook his hand. Nice. My mom, she, you know, she's got dreads down to her shoulder. And he's like, oh, mother, it is so nice to see you. And then you see, you've met my dad. Yeah. And my dad, I tell everybody he looks like Kurt Russell. Because he does now. He does. And, he totally and does. And I'm like, yeah. And, and so he sees my dad. And he kind of looks at my dad because he's, he's like still processing. Right. And he looks back at me. And I just pointed my arm. I'm like, yo, I'm not that dark. <laughs> and he's like, you're right. Welcome, Father. And it was the coolest thing just because that energy and that just really. Welcomeness. Yeah. yeah. Just that welcoming. And it's, the, it's something where. You can't be afraid to say no to those things. A lot of people would be like, oh, no, like, I've seen Hostel. <laughs> and it's like, bro, no, 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 like, go out and live your life. Like, of course, don't do anything dangerous. Right, right. You know, don't do anything crazy, but just talk to people. Yeah. I feel like the more talking you do and the less, when you go to a place that you don't know, mm -hmm. act like you are fitting in. 
you know, the jewelry thing, the, the fancy clothes, the, when you do that, you are a target and you're in yeah. an area that doesn't have those things. Um, you are definitely a target and you would be if you were here and you were from another country. I just feel like it's one of those things that you need to be very mindful and maybe do a little research about the country that you're going to. That's what we did for Norway. So Norway, they, it, when I say conservative, it's not like politically, it's, um, Culturally, they don't wear as many bright colors. They don't wear as many patterns or anything like that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So when we went there, not as many bright colors, not as many patterns. You know, a lot of like navies and khakis yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. And they're like, Sweden is the complete opposite. Nice. So when we went to Sweden, it, we, we were, you know, we could dress a little bit more American. Yeah. And when we were in uh, Tokyo a couple years ago, like I kept my, I didn't have my whole arm done. I got a lot, I had a lot of my arm done, but not my whole arm. But there were certain things that they're like, hey, when you go to a formal event or certain places, if you got tattoos, cover them up. That's not that big of a deal to me. Like, okay, cool. I'll cover up whatever I can. You know, within within reason, of course. Like, if it's 110 degrees outside, I'm not throwing on a hoodie. Right, right. For the most part, they they were very accepting, very understanding. There's just certain things that they were like, we don't want you to have this here because culturally, it's different. Right. Because in in Japan, culturally, is like organized crime thing to have tattoos and america is not quite the same in america it's like you anyone can get tattoos but over there it's like oh no 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 this was a very specific group of people who had tattoos up until like the 50s and this was a relatively recent change especially when you consider that these other countries Mm -hmm. you're talking about like like you you mentioned london earlier that city's been around longer than america's fourfold <laughs> you know like that's, that's an old city and so like right. they're my i got a friend in the uk she's like we got buildings older than your country oh that's yeah it's, it's insanity yeah to even think you know and how much respect yeah i feel like you're right you're right just need to get out there put a little time and effort to getting out there even if you know what even if let's say because we are thinking that there are people out there who can put money aside and right now it's a challenge for many yeah. people for that so even if it is just taking a walk down uh, the road and or step into another um, restaurant, a friend of mine yeah. just recently we were discussing something and I said I'm gonna head over to this place. It was a restaurant and she's like, Are you gonna go by yourself? I'm like, Yeah, I'm sure. I'm Why would you go do that by yourself? It's like I don't know because I pay more attention to things that are around me when I go by myself. If I go with you, I'm gonna be in our little yeah, and I won't know what's happening. And I feel like since COVID. Getting out is really important, and talking yes, to people is. is really important. Coming back to old school, I'm I say old school because I'm 46. I love this age. I love being having to grown up through a telephone and being like I'm gonna be there. And when I see you, it's gonna be amazing. And now to the point where you're like I'm almost there because you could text now. Right? Yeah. Um, but it doesn't beat sitting down like you do no, next to someone and just saying hello. It how are doesn't, you? and that's something that even. I'll call friends of mine just because it's like, hey, I haven't heard from them for a while. Like, and, and when you shoot somebody text, hey, man, what's up? You good? Yeah, I'm good. All right, cool. That's not really a check-in. Right. It but may call... brighten some people's day because they can't handle the phone, but you're right. Right, yeah. You're and right. It, 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 it does depend on the person. Like, I got one. I got some people that it's, do not call me. Yeah, I have a friend who won't like, even answer. Unless you're dying, <laughs> unless there is a death, do not call me. And then I got other people who are like, oh, I'd rather talk on the yeah, phone. Yeah, stop texting me. Why don't you pick up the phone? Yeah. yeah. Totally. If we're going to have a full-on text conversation like that, you'll just call me, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just I just decided, I had a friend visit town from California, and I just decided, on, the way, on his way out, I said, you know what, I'm going to write you a letter. He's like, really? 
And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to try it. Let's just try to write letters. And he's like, that seems very crazy. And I was like, all right. So then a couple of days goes by and he sent me a mark on. He's like, you know what? I'm, I want to write letters. Write me a letter. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start it. I'm writing you a letter on Sunday. So I'm going to start this and see how it goes. I mean, it may just end and dwindle down and we'll be back to texting before. But I feel like you also have an opportunity. You do read it on the text message, but I feel like you know it's time and effort and someone took time yeah. out of their day. Basic training changed that for us because okay. we didn't have our phones for 12 weeks. So you were writing. So there's a lot of letter writing. And it's interesting because... <laughs> There were, <laughs> there were some times that like, like there was one girl that I was really, really interested in at the time and I was like trying and like you could, it was different than texting because like you could tell like, Hey, these letters are getting shorter. <laughs> hey, it's two, like it was one week. Now it's two weeks and you're just like, Oh, this is different because those, there's a reason why those old school things still exist. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that was kind of a switch for me mentally was. You know, I was definitely one of those tech guys that was like, hey, no, 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 we're going to get rid of this and this and this and it's going to be all automated. And as I started getting older, I started realizing more and more like, hey, there's not a there's not a substitute for this. Right. You know, that my so I've uh, been on this weight loss journey. I down 42 pounds. You look amazing. And I'm I'm you trying. How tall I'm like, are you? How tall are you? Six three. OK. Yeah. Six three. Okay. And um, so I'm down 42 pounds. And one thing I realized was like cutting out fast food because mm -hmm. there's no thought into it. Right. You drive up, you say, a, not even, you don't even say words. You say a number. Oh, it's true. And you drive away and that's it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do fast food. Like local fast food is a little bit, I mean, because there's some places right. that like locally they're going to serve the same thing. Right. It? It's still going to be like burgers true. and fries, right? True. So there's things like that. But like no more McDonald's, no more Burger King, no more, you know, whatever, whatever. And even that, you don't realize that how personal things are. Right, right. Like, when I was working downtown, there was Monroe's uh, Monroe's Hot Chicken, which is really good. Mm. Um, Ziggy's Pizza, I'm, I'm there all the time. And those were places that if you were just like, oh, I'll just get some Domino's. Right. You wouldn't even know, but now you walk in, you're talking to the people, people recognize you. It's like, um, there's a place, uh, Gus's, it's a chicken place, it's Gus's Fried Chicken. And right when I walk in, they're like, you want the uh, three-piece with the uh, all-dark, right? And the mac and cheese and the fried okra? I'm like, I'm coming here too much if y'all know that already, man. <laughs> like, but it's it's different. You're not yeah. going to get that at Popeye's. No, You're not no, going to no, get no. that at KFC. Wouldn't it be great that you had to drive through and order your meal by the calories? So I'll take the meal that's 10,462 calories. That's, been, that's, <laughs> been, that's what hit me. I drove up. And I was just, I was hungry, and I was like, yo, I'm on the way to the gym, I'll be good. And I looked over at the calories, I was at McDonald's, and I looked at the calories, and I was like, because I started noon. And it, okay, like, okay. it doesn't have you count calories, but it, like, kind of says this is your budget for, okay. based on your activity. So you're more cognizant of the calories. Yeah, intake. and so I looked, and it was like, hold on, a Big Mac is, a wow. Big Mac alone is 25, <laughs> and a drink is 500, you know, it's like, like 200, and the fries are five. I can only eat this one. But this is it. my meal for the day. <laughs> You're like eating a French fry an hour. Yeah. And so like when, when I saw that, I was like, oh no, 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 no. We can't do this. Right. But when you do eat local, for the most part, it is a different quality. Right. It's healthier. They're making it too in a different yeah. way. And so that to me, it that's when it kind of all made sense. Is it just like, being cognizant of what you're eating or what are, are you going out, getting out and doing anything? Um, I had to change my activity. You okay. know what's funny? So I tore both my hamstrings when I was in the army. <gasps> both off? I, 
No, 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 it wasn't all I did for... a four off. Yeah, two or three years ago. Yeah, it was, it, no, just one behind my knee. It was rolled down. I had no idea for days. It was gone. So now it's been unrolled and attached. It scared me, though. It's so, yeah. It scared me. You can't do anything. No. Your legs are like no. elastics. It scared me so much. And so I was afraid to run. Mm-hmm. And, um,. You can't do anything really with your legs. No, you no can't. No skiing, no roller skating, no skateboard. Nothing. You can't do anything because that will just pop right off again. So what happened? I was when I when I was in high school, or I, I joined like right after high school, and I was like 175, 180 pounds, and I just started lifting, yeah. and that's all we did was like lift and run. But the way that the army does it, it's very hard on you. Okay. So you're doing like four days a week, you're running like five, six miles, okay. and then there's one day a week where it's just a ruck march. And that's mm. a 14 miles of 45 pounds on your back. Mm. And so that, and then we would lift on our own too. So okay. now, you know, we're benching a lot. We're doing a lot of like Olympic lifts and like just trying to get like, you know, as big as possible. Yeah. And I, I was a track runner and a basketball player my whole life. And I, and I played soccer when I was a kid. And so one day I was like feeling kind of tight and I was like, yeah, let me just run. I'm trying to get, you know, back in that running shape. Cause I ran track. I did the hurdles and the high jump. It's oh, amazing. And so I, um. I felt one go, and I just felt like a, and I was like, mmm, don't Did you like hear that. the pop? I felt just, it. Okay. Just like a, like I heard like a, like it almost sounded like a, like a, like a tire. Okay. It was just, and I was like, ooh, that's not good. <laughs> okay, whatever. And so I like, you know, went home, got in the bath, kind of, you know, tried to warm it up, tried to tape it up a little bit. And then the next day we were running, and I just, the other one just next. So. And I had to walk, and I was like, dude, my hamstrings are gone. Like, I can't, and they're like, we. You're six miles away from anything. Dude. Like, you've got to walk to the nearest, you know, to the nearest medical facility. So I walked a mile on those, and I was scared. So like yeah. I was still, and I was doing nothing but lifting and eating. So like I was getting big, and then I stopped. Like I couldn't run anymore. Right. So I was just lifting. So I just got like just sides. Yeah. And then I got fell into a depression and stopped lifting, and so I had to like le- relearn all these things. Okay. And so. I ended up just kind of being like, you know what, man? I got to do something. I got to gotta do something. And I started doing uh, trail running because I forgot okay. how much I love trail running. So there's a trail up by, my, um, up by my parents' house that I'll run, you know, before work and stuff. And I was like, oh, this, this to me, it used to be a monster. Okay. It used to be like, guys, I'm going to go run that hill. <laughs> and now, like, doing it every day, you just kind of realize, oh, no, this is very doable. Okay. And so I've seen a lot of weight loss from that. And just like, I had to do more cardio, which sucks because I, I like lifting. Cardio. And so I was like, I actually have to run now, don't I? But I, again, you find something that works for you and you find something that you like. Yeah, yeah. And so finding that, and I was like, okay, cool. Because now that informs me like, hey, if I do want to move in the future, I want to be somewhere near a trail. Yeah. I want to be yeah, somewhere that you know has what? something mm-hmm. like that. You have, and I think you, do you guys have, you have, over by where you're looking, I think there might be some canal access and yeah. that's great and see i can't do i would i trail running because of the the fact that my foot could come off of a rock or something. i'm a long distance runner and i did track in high yeah. school and shaquille Tanil they used to call me but i was shaquille the worst <laughs> i was the worst basketball player on the planet i would just be like they toss me the ball and like oh, and i just throw it and never go um so i quit after two years yeah. and then um, I must have made some points because the coach kept me around but then um, I did try track and every time I ran to a hurdle it, it impresses me that you jumped over because I just froze I couldn't make it over I just and I'm one, and I'm just I, so I decided that you know what maybe just straight running long distance slow 
I walk up to 10Ks and everyone's like, oh, she's going to win. And I'm not. I'm the turtle in the back. Nice 10-minute pace. I finish. Great time. So now I've had to rebuild how long I could go. And I'm only at five miles. But if I did a trail, I'd be so afraid that my foot would go off that, that. That's what helped me. So the one that we have is... I you you can when I was in like amazing shape and even when my brother was in like when we were in like incredible high school like you know eating good yeah. running every day like when we were when we were in like when I first got into the army when we were in excellent shape we could run the whole thing but now like both of us we're kind of seeing like because you know he lives in New York and he's like oh man I haven't been above sea level in a while <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, I haven't done this hill for a while. Because I tried to run it one day. And I got, like, halfway up. And I'm like, <sighs> I ran this every week? Are you serious? Wow, man. Like, But for us, the, the thing that I like about the trail running is that if you're on a track, your mind immediately goes into, I have to sprint this. I have yes, to this. true. So the thing that's cool about going out on a trail to me is, like, and I've done it a couple times. And it's on my Instagram. I've stopped and been like, okay, hold on, I have to see this. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the, the other day at the top of the, um, there's like a hill and then it drops and then there's another hill. I just put on my Instagram, there's a roadrunner. Just oh, like right at the top of the hill, yeah. just like hanging out. He's like, I'm come like, on, you got it, you got and this. Like, I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta take a picture. <laughs> and it's, because I, I realized, and this is even with like currency exchange and how I've started running a business, I don't compete with anybody anymore. Right. It's where that's over. I don't have yeah. to argue with people. I don't have to fight with anybody. Nope. The job that I was working at was um, there. There was that you know very financial culture, and I don't. The coolest thing as me being an IT support was like I don't have to be in that. Right. And then when that culture changed and they wanted us to compete with each other for different things within the company, that's when I was like, no, this isn't what this is about. Because yeah. when you have everybody competing, why would I share it with you? Right, right. And you just build negativity. Yeah. You build conflict. You build um, people learning and building regret from uh, against each other. You are literally building an army that's going to try to fight each other. Yeah. This whole business. Yeah. And when you, when you find what you love, and I think that people who took this opportunity during COVID who were like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to go to that corporate job anymore. I am a painter. When we opened up to take some artists in, we had a lot of applicants. And a couple of the applicants were... IG, I mean, I tech people who decided that they have been painting on the side for the past 10 years and they are painters and their work was incredible, but they were so afraid to leave the dough, leave the money. It's a good, and it got scary mm -hmm. too, because when you realize how much IT makes, like I was a, I was, I was a low end IT, you know, IT specialist, $21 an hour. No questions asked. How do you leave that? And, to paint. Right. And when you, right. it's not guaranteed because people are like well $21 an hour isn't that much and it's like no 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 no. that's bills yeah. that's rent that's a mortgage whatever it is and you don't make money in art until you make money in art right that's when it starts to really go is when you're like oh okay hey things are now like Antoinette Colley I saw it oh, right man. when you see her and oh. you're like right right when I saw her I'm like I know that I'm like <laughs> this is all I can afford <laughs> well and her thing I think she's in I she's think in Germany. She's still in Germany. Yeah, she came back very temporarily. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, and there was a there was something we had a brief conversation because she used to come in as a shopper, believe it or not, to the store. So we built a connection, and I just fell in love with her. Her energy is amazing, and um, I'm so proud of her. So I follow her, like yeah, I stalk her a bit. 
Yeah, that's my girl. And that's the thing, too, is that, like, she's awesome. She's she's finally gotten there. Mm -hmm. And I've only seen her over the past couple years, and I'm assuming just because art, you know how that works. That wasn't a past couple year thing. She's probably doing been doing this for a decade minimum. Yeah, yeah, easy. I mean, but you understand her, the way that she can make a face look is so... I thought it was a picture. Passionate. I thought it was a picture when she first, I thought it was a photograph when I first saw her art. Yeah, it's amazing. I thought that she was like retouching photographs. Like I thought, I thought it was something like that. I thought it was like a filter. And then when I saw that, oh no, she's painting these. Yeah. And yeah. like the detail and the tattoos, I was like, "How do you know, do I know. that?" She's, she's awesome. She's awesome. And yeah, right. You go for that epic. You think that that is epic. Can you have us be an artist and make a living? For sure. If there's more places like this that give them yeah. opportunities, that don't, you know, we don't charge. There's no utilities. Everyone, everything's covered. They just have a small fee, a rent fee, but they can bank. And they, well, that's what I was telling my dad. Yeah. Was like, he was like, "How <laughs> would you pitch this to a?" to like an investor mm-hmm. and I had done some investing stuff before or not um, not investing but like some pitch stuff before and I told him like I wouldn't mm. at this point I wouldn't yeah because if you're an investor and I have to explain to you the importance of art and culture in a city you don't get it right right because there's a reason why you'd rather live in Austin San Francisco New York mm-hmm. LA Oakland even yep um that, that's not like a shot to Oakland that's not a shot to Oakland <laughs> I know I know people from Oakland and, like, from what I've seen, Oakland's super dope. Yeah. We love you, Oakland. Yeah. Like, like shout out to Oakland. But, like, there's a reason why people would rather be in Nashville than Phoenix. Right. Right. And if I have to explain to you why that is, you don't get it. Right. You don't understand that it's not about the high-rises and it's not about the apartments. It's not about right. that. I know. I know. The commercialization is, is, it is, if they could just, let's just revive some of these impeccable buildings they're they are totally commercializing which i was like no way we have to revitalize we have to do things to bring yeah. out its originality because then that will be there's a lot of weird buildings here that i'm like yeah. let's build something mm-hmm. yes there's you know what's up for sale right in the middle of downtown that like random did you oh, wait we just totally shouted sorry sorry you continue I no 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 go ahead go ahead where, okay. where i think thinking? there was a there's in downtown there's like a property in the middle of okay. downtown, I can't. I'm so sorry. I'm slipping the address, but it's this house, an original house, there, and it's gated. But you, I think you are on a, an acre or half an acre, and it is for sale. But you are in the middle of urban That's living. I was awesome. like, I want this place, but I can't because you know I got this place. But that is that would be an impeccable place. You should check it out. There's in Zillow, I think. There's a place, um, just like just off Van Buren. It's Grace North School. The old school is for sale. Wait, is that the one that the I said? The whole thing is for sale. Mm. There's so many places like that here because I was, like yeah. I said, when I when I would work down here, I would just drive around every now and then. And just that's another thing that people don't do either. They don't explore. No, Mm-mm. no, no. If it's not what walking distance, people will not explore. So like that, it bugs me out because I I coach basketball in Tempe. I right now I live in Anthem. I'll be moving in downtown soon. I was working in downtown Phoenix, and. I'll watch, like, some of the soccer games around in Chandler. Okay. And so, like, I'm around the valley pretty often. Like, I tell people, like, oh, man, well, where can we meet for the podcast? I'm like, I got a laptop and a mic, and I'm around the valley all the time. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Like, you tell me where you need me to yeah, go, and I'll yeah. meet you there. And there's just so many weird things that you'll find. Just, like, weird tucked behind spaces where you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Does that say for sale? And then you look, and you're like, oh, that whole school? I've never seen a school for sale me in either. my life. Me either. Not a whole school. 
And you, people always say, you know, they, they thought I was from New York and I was, I was only in New York city the last six years doing my makeup career. But when I came here and I talked to people now about it, there was, there'd be no way that I could afford this property. No way in holy heck if this was in New York, Brooklyn, oh, no, LIC, no. there's no way, there's no way it would be, it would be investor corporate money. Like you're talking lots and lots of money. So there was, I could, I had to come here to create a place. But I think more people do that than you create and you bring in. That's one thing that people don't really understand. People here especially don't really understand about specifically New York and L.A. Is that they did not import people in. Like if you look at New York music, those guys are from New York. You might get like Connecticut, New Jersey, sure, something like sure. that. Some, you know, something along those lines. You know, New England. Just New mm -hmm. England in general. But yeah. like... I feel like Arizona is trying so hard to compete when it's like, no, you build people here. Yeah. And there's a re like, like the reason why as a hip hop fan, we look at Brooklyn as like the Mecca is mm -hmm. because everyone who rapped that was representing Brooklyn was from Brooklyn. Right. It's not like they were, had to do anything else. They just <laughs> grew up in Brooklyn, like Jay and big and all these people and same in LA. Right. When you look at LA, it's like, oh man, I wonder why the LA rock scene is so crazy. Well, because they're all guys from LA yes. that made rock music. That's, yes. It's, and I feel like we overcomplicate it. Mm -hmm. You totally. don't need to do the scene that I see here with music specifically. I thought it was going to be hip hop. Oh, when I was a little bit younger, like 1920, I thought it was going to be hip hop because what I was seeing was a lot of people from all over the U.S. coming to Arizona. What I didn't take into account was that to start their career, they were going back to where they were from. Okay. So like I got, I had a friend who wanted to be a rapper. He was from Miami. He came out to Arizona, and he went to high school here because his family moved. The first chance he got, he went back to Miami. Okay. The scene that I really see here that I'm surprised hasn't really taken off in Arizona is the EDM scene. I think that that rave culture. Yeah. I don't think people understand, like, because I think people are scared, too. Right. And, and there was something I, was, I, I, I realized a couple of years ago of, like, have hard conversations with people mm -hmm. and do things that you're afraid of. And I think people are so afraid of like, like what I really want to do is just go out to the middle of the desert, throw up a rave and just see how long we can go. Yep. I'm so like, well, you're going to get arrested. You're, yeah, probably. Yeah. But that's how crazy art happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like you do something where it's like just, I, there was a guy that, that makes really, really cool designs for his shirts and he was like, oh yeah, I haven't figured out how I want to grow it. I was like, you know what you would do? You do put it right outside like that that sun's arena mm -hmm. you do like a performance do some sort of performance right get yourself a mic get yourself this that mm -hmm. do some guerrilla marketing and then have a truck ready and running <laughs> and you just throw it and if, if, if you get caught yeah you got yeah, it. it it's how how was all this built yeah you know i have to say kevin crashed he's our um your mom's leather jacket yeah okay that's him, yeah. yeah he's amazing um and he came to me with flyers and I was originally like, oh, flyers? I thought we were going into the, I just got used to the, you know, going into um, Instagram and Reels mm -hmm. and TikTok. So I'm just now adjusting. But I came from flyers. When we were growing up, that was at the mall. You saw the flyers for the best things that were happening were on the top of your, yeah. you know, in your windshield. So he has reintroduced it here. And it works wonders. People love flyers. People love to see an actual creation of some artists that put out there and you just, you hand them out and people love to hand them out still. I think people miss it. They too. do miss it. I, I think agree. People, I think people miss it because what I've noticed is, 
especially with, especially at this new job and with the people younger than me, they're dressing like what we would would have dressed in the nineties and two thousands. And it's weird because I'm like, you guys never existed in that time. Right. <laughs> like, you guys don't remember the XL tall tees <laughs> and the shorts that went down literally to your calves. <laughs> like, and like, you guys don't remember that at all. I'm like, how are you? And someone explained it to me. They're like, we're nostalgic for times that we never had. Oh, interesting. And so it kind of, I thought about it. I'm like, because I mean, I'm, I'm a nineties baby. I was born in 94 and for us, it was always, what's next? What's okay, next? Right. What's next? You know, it's like, okay, cool. So we got the PS1, but did you see the PS2? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, we got the iPod Touch. Do you see the iPhone? And what's interesting is what I'm seeing, and even with my brothers, because I'm four years older than my brothers, they miss the shows that I would show them. Right. And so they, they're like, I called my brother the other day, and he's like, oh, dude, I miss Teen Titans. Do you remember that show? I'm like, I do remember that show. <laughs> like, I watch that show every week. And now he's got it on streaming and he's going through it and he's kind of seeing like, oh, this is what, I, I miss this. And so I'm, I'm wondering now, the flyers, the, you know, the raves, the, you know, the actual turntable, the Polaroid. pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going to come back just because it's simpler. I want to make, okay, this is my idea for the last First Friday. I, and people may turn this off at this point, but I still have a CD book. And so there is Ooh. a, I know. So I was like, I, would, I had to find, I was trying to find a CD player and it's much harder than you think. I have to go to a pawn shop, I think. But I was going to set up where you can come in, we'll go through the book and pick the next song, the CD DJ for a yeah, first Friday. Awesome. Then you get to read and now um, Stranger Things with bringing the 80s music back and all that. I feel like if someone can bring a I variety of CDs and you come up and someone just pops it in and your song is on and you're just shopping around. But I feel like it's, it's an experience and I think that that's what people are looking for. The coolest thing to me about Stranger Things, I haven't watched a ton of it. Um, it just, I mean, I, I don't mind. It. People people get on me when I say this because I'm like, I'm not a fan. That doesn't mean I think it's bad. Right, right. It's just totally. for me, I, I had to explain to my brother, for me, there is no nostalgia for the 80s because mm-hmm. I didn't exist in that time. Right. But for him, it's kind of, or no, no, it's my brother's fiance. For her, she's like, oh, this is like a time capsule and I really like the character. All right, cool. The fact that Kate Bush, like, 34 years or something crazy <laughs> after that song went on the charts is like top 10. I know. Is awesome. It's so cool to me that because I mean they did it again with uh, Metallica. I saw that one. That was all yep. over my Twitter for months. <laughs> I mean. But Metallica is good. Right. Kate Bush is not somebody that you would ever Never. think of like and yeah. I've heard that song before, but just because yeah. my mom and my dad had like a whole bunch of weird, they're like, <laughs> See, yeah, like this. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I think there is that missing. There's rumors that like the Spice Girls are coming back. Oh yeah, there was a whole tour. Do it. Okay, oh, fine. Yeah, yeah let's Bring go. Bring it back. If if the young, I feel like if you're open to it, it's it's willing and it's gonna be there. And everyone, uh, Kate Bush fans out there, Placebo did Up the Hill, Running Up the Hill, mm-hmm. a redo of it, and it's amazing. So Placebo does that Kate Bush song it's really incredible but that's just shout out guys um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I'm loving it and I but I do and it feels kind of like for me it feels like Goonies mixed yeah. with kind of Ghostbusters mixed with it like is a Poltergeist yeah. I mean there's a lot of old shows that I can see in it I know that the characters are much younger than I am but I can also I, I it's a fun the, the soundtrack keeps me alive and watching it, but yeah, it's, a, it's a definitely a great show, and I and I'm. I'm interested in seeing what they're gonna do for like the 90s. And yeah. 2000s. Oh yeah. 
because 2000s for sure. I, there I were got rumors. It here. I I heard this on a podcast a little bit ago. There were rumors that Stranger Things originally wasn't gonna be like one story. Every season was gonna be a new like era. Oh, which is super interesting. I would Yeah, that's great idea. And I mean, they're like, yeah, we want to do the 60s, we want to do the 80s, and we want to do the 2000s. And usually you hear 90s. I'm like, and when they said 2000s, I'm like, whoa, wait, what? Because, <laughs> like, nobody's ever like, oh, man, do you remember 2003? <laughs> like, nobody ever says that. And they're like, yeah, we really wanted to explore, like, like Scream. And we wanted to explore, like, you know, that kind of, like, the shock horror of, like, Saw and stuff like that. Right. But we wanted to do it in a more legitimate way. And I'm like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were watching something that had iPods. Right. And, you know, like, iPods, not iPad. <laughs> no, like, if you had someone with an iPod and we wanted to explore, I'm like, that's a really unique way to look at this. Right. Where it's, you know, some guy with a backwards hat and an iPhone playing Linkin Park. <laughs> it's a different, completely different vibe totally. than somebody with a Walkman and, you know. Totally. like, man, that's something, that early tech era, and yeah. that's something that even I found nostalgia for because the, the and I think I'll, I can probably show you afterwards, but, like, the prototype for the design that I have is like VCRs. Right. It's, you know, static and it's a tracking that oh, nice. I had to explain what a VCR was because they're like, <laughs> some kid was wearing like a Space Jam shirt. I'm like, oh, that's my favorite movie of all time. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, I really like, uh, I really like this one. But then there's that, that one with like Michael Jordan or whoever. And I'm like, or whoever, oh. like to me. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I had that movie on video. He's like, what's that? <laughs> And the kid was like probably 16, 17 too. And I'm like, oh, you never had to worry about rewinding and then giving back to Blockbuster. <laughs> I worked at Blockbuster. You never Please had rewind. to do that, man. Like, you never had to worry about that. Yo, they charged me an extra 50 cents because I didn't rewind on top of the $4 late fee because I kept it for a month. You never had that. It's never. different. It's totally different. And I, and I think that they've made it easier. I mean, I feel like, I feel like life has become easier in in the tech sense. Like, yeah, in, but I also has. didn't realize as a child that this ha- was an opportunity. So I was content with what we had because I felt like, okay, well, this is, this is what it is right now. But when you get introduced to things that you just, when someone actually sits down and, and goes through a process or something that you've created and shows you the real, the easy, how easy it is to move on in the future, right. you feel like, okay, man, this is a relief because it feels like now I have a little bit more time in my life. You would think that those extra minutes that you gain from it being a more convenient thing to text somebody, that you would do something good with your, you like, oh, I got five extra minutes here and this extra minutes here, but you end up filling it while they're just scrolling through reels. Yeah. You don't just stop at what you're supposed to do, set down the phone and go do something. Yeah. Right, you just stay there and you get sucked in. So I feel like if you can stop, I literally have a friend who sends me reels because he's so he's so upset that I don't watch them. And I'm like, I just have so much going on here. I said, I wish I could just sit down and do it. I have five Instagram accounts I have to manage. Yeah, I was like, so I can't sit and watch videos. Yeah. But so he sends me every morning, and while I have my cup of coffee, I watch all the ones he sends me, and I commentate back, and I just I'm like, thank you so much. It really did brighten my day, and I and I and I understand why people do it. Because in sometimes what I what I've been doing too is like I, I try to send as many like interesting things or just like fun things and what's cool is that the people that I talk to like one of my friends she loves raccoons okay absolutely <laughs> loves raccoons and I didn't know this I actually like this name more um, the first she's from Vancouver and the First Nations peoples they don't call them raccoons they call them wash bears oh, that's a much better name so much cooler and so like I'll send her just like hey here's a wash bear just doing stuff. And what I've noticed is that people start sending me back is like, 
I, I had to explain. I love bears. Okay. Because they're these weird, like, like they're, you have this giant killing machine, <laughs> king of the forest, that's also basically just a big dog. Okay. And the story that I tell, I was working at a, I was working in a call center years ago, and this guy calls me, and I was supposed to handle, the, like, the personal property, but I was handling, he was a business. And he calls me, and he's, like, upset, but not mad. And he's like, hey, man. And I'm like. What, what's up what, what's going on he's like you're not gonna believe this dude <laughs> and i'm kind of expecting like okay like what, what, what you got for me and he goes a bear showed up in my ice cream store and ate all my ice cream <laughs> I'm like are, are you serious he's like yeah man who do i call for that because he's like just doesn't know he's like what do i do I call animal control i guess he's like the bear's gone dude I'm like, how do you know a bear came in? And now we're not even, like, handling it. Right. He's like, I saw in the video, a bear punched through my patio door <laughs> and just ate my ice cream. I'm like, okay, cool. So, yeah, you know, we can help you. This is, he's like, all right, cool. The way that the system worked, if you got a call from somebody, they would route that same person back to you. Okay. So this is, like, eight months later. And he's like, hey, man. <laughs> I'm like, what's up? He goes, you're, he's like, are you the same person I talked to about the bear? I'm like, yeah. I have no like, idea they were about. Dude. That bear came back. I'm like, okay. He goes, and he only ate the butter pecan. Like, well, hold on. What? He goes, that bear has a favorite flavor of ice cream. I'm like, oh my God. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. So like, I tell people like, oh yeah, you know, cause you'll see bears. Like I've seen videos of bears just like walking into pools right. and just hanging out in the pool. And so I, I just mentioned that to somebody and now every couple days like I'll get somebody and like oh, I saw this video of a bear doing some weird stuff. You wanna see it? Like, Hell yeah, dude. Show me this it bear. It makes your day. It, it honestly does. does. It I think that getting these rant if someone and it also makes you feel like someone heard you. Yeah. Someone understands that bears are your favorite animal. Yeah. And you love these wash ba- no, wash bears? Yeah. So because they wash their <laughs> they, that's so why because they wash their stuff. They're just, so amazing. Yeah. So you know you listen to her and you send her things that would make her day. Yeah. And that's what I feel like that so that's how I have reels, because people send them to me, but um yeah, I feel like it's it's a way to cheer up. It's almost like, you know, just thinking about you today text. You know? Yeah, and that I think that's the thing that when I heard, there's a guy, actually, you'd really like his podcast. His name is Father Bronx. Okay. And, excuse me, he is, he was a photographer in the 2000s. And he just kind of preaches what I've learned, too. I just happened to find him. The, another weird thing, one of my favorite rappers has a stream on Twitch called The Mystery School. Okay. And Mystery they call it the first late night show on the net. And it's him and a producer friend of his. And they just go through articles that the community posts on Discord. And they, like, they're kind of wild articles. Okay. And then at the end of the night, if they hit a certain goal, they'll make a song in 30 minutes about one of the articles. Because oh, one of the dudes is a rapper, the other is a producer. <laughs> so they'll make a song in 30 minutes. And it's awesome because I'm like, oh, this is how you get a community. Yeah. And, like, they recognize people and they've seen people. Like, the other day they're like, hey, guys, if you guys could, like, you know, I don't know what you believe in, but, like, our, our, our homies in the hospital our friend got in a car crash and then the guy responded in the in in like during the stream he responded he's like yo I'm at the hospital don't worry about it I'm more worried about this insurance because I crashed my car and like they're like never mind he says he's good bro so anyway and it's it's so cool to me but I was looking for them because I thought they did a podcast and I found this other guy okay and it's just that weird thing of like how the universe just kind of works. Mm-hmm. And this guy was like a photographer who met Amy Winehouse back in the day. 
and he knows a bunch of artists like that and he talks about all this traveling and stuff and when he said you have to humanize the internet it mm. just like i it completely froze me because we don't we don't talk about how automation we kind of mentioned like oh automation is going to ruin stuff right. but we don't talk about how the internet doesn't feel right it's it's a tool right. it's just there what you do with it if you want to say the just terrible things to people on twitter mm -hmm. you can do that right. or what you can do is you know try to make it better and try to talk you know try to use things to make to make people remember you and make you feel a bit more human i got a friend of mine who said don't text me unless you're sending me a picture or a video oh. because yeah. she's like i she's like i can ask you how you're doing i want to see how you're doing oh nice cool oh that actually brings me right to what I, oh, sorry, I, I thought, um, Instagram, like when Instagram first showed up, I thought to myself, okay, I don't, I don't need to hear about people in Twitter. I don't need to hear about their rants, right? right? You got Facebook and you got Twitter and they're ranting and ranting. But now we have this forum where you can just live through someone's eyes. And now it's gotten a little bit more. This is when it first came out. So I would just go on to a Instagram was what I was the most excited about too. Me too. And I, because I do like art and photography, I feel like I was able to see people and not only not have to listen to them rant or talk even or even type but i could just visualize and feel the emotion that they felt at that moment you know so i felt like oh wow now i have an insight and this is this is yeah. my jam like i love this um it's gotten to be you know a little bit crazy with reels and everything but it's still my favorite twitter to me got interesting when i found and reddit too just and again going back to kind of like getting away from the, the fast food of the internet yep when I stopped following big time rappers and big time, like I, I kind of noticed that you're telling me the same thing. All right, cool. You're going on tour. You know that you're doing that. All right, mm -hmm. fine. When I started following just like people, mm -hmm. just like people I met and just seeing like Twitter's great for like stream of consciousness thoughts. Oh. Like I got a friend. Um, he's a diehard Yankees fan. Okay. I've mentioned it on <laughs> pod before. Diehard Yankees fan. And <laughs> every Yankees game, I didn't. I didn't understand why at the time. He was like thirty unread messages okay. on 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 like Twitter and Instagram, and I'm like, bro, are you good? What's up? <laughs> and one day he finally texts me, bro, I'm drunk and watching the Yankees. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And seeing his stream of consciousness thoughts of like no. when he started drinking, watching the Yankees game to like the twelfth inning and they're losing to a team they're supposed to be beating and just seeing like every minute of that time that's when I saw like oh this is what Twitter is. Okay. Yeah. That's what I Twitter think that I would like Twitter's to more fun to just see like your friend who's like maybe descending into madness a little bit. <laughs> watching he's like, yo, how is he over four? Why is he not hitting today? And you're just like Hey bro, how many beers deep are you? <laughs> like, are you good? He's like and then like there's always that one like Oh shit! I gotta work tomorrow. Oh, double play! We're right back in. We're right back in. I'm like, oh my god! And it's so much fun just to see these like crazy, just and that's what it is to me is like getting out of just getting away from these big corporate things. That's mm -hmm. another thing that this guy Father Bronx said was like all these mysterious artists that you like have their image curated by their label. Mm -hmm. You're not that. So until you get to that point, be vulnerable. Very Don't be afraid advice, to like yeah. step out. And that's really what the podcast has helped me with is just not being able to, not being afraid to just be like, hey, this is it. Yep. 
this is my story. But one of the things that people really, I've been asked a couple times by some friends who listen, they're like, hey man, when are you going to tell your story? I'm like, that's a long process, bro. Because that that's something that like, all the things that I've learned are a culmination of all the ways that I've lived. And right. to me, I explained it to someone, I think on my last podcast, maybe, um, to me, those different parts of my life, I just call them different lives. That it's makes like, sense. It's just a different, like, the way that I was in the army compared to the way that I am now, that's two different people. Right. And it's not that I'm like, oh, I, it's not like, you know, I wanted to change to fit an image. It's just those influence me in a different way. Right. And so to me, like, hearing people's story, and that's why, like, I was telling you earlier, I don't want to gotcha. Right. I'm not trying to trap you. I'm. When I put the mic out, that's it. And we're right. just going to have a conversation. Because yeah. we would have talked like if the, this if the mic was off. Oh, that's true. Very true. So that's the thing that I just really... That's when I kind of fell in love with, like, oh, okay, this is why I like podcasting. Because learning about these people and seeing, you know, just their perspective. And then I'm not going to argue with you about mm-hmm. it. Just mm-hmm. giving you a chance to, like, oh, okay, cool. Why... Why do you think that? Why do you want to think this? Who are you trying to be? Who do you want? You know, right. it's 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 incredible. And I think a lot of art, that's when it really hits you the most is when you're like, oh, this is who they are. This is who, this is their this is their expression of themselves. Right. And their and their belief in their self. Right. Yeah. And as strong as a weak it, it is, you're you're an easy human being to talk to because you do have so many experiences and you do have so many lives. Right. Yeah. Um. And and. <clears throat> to have someone interested in your life and how it came about that you've done what you do now currently is a long conversation that some people don't have the patience for these days, right? Yeah. Well, oh, I've gotten people ask me like, "Oh, can you shorten it? Can you?" No, dude. No. The breaths, no. the 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 laughter, the everything about the feeling that you hear behind this, you want to you want to feel like you're sitting in this chair right next yeah. to us, right? And you're like, "Man, I wish I was there hanging out with those two. And exactly. So awesome, right? Exactly. Now. <laughs> it's my podcast is literally called Kickback because yeah. to me, that's what we're doing. Yep. The Kick only difference between you and you know you and me here and you and me in the living room is that my dog isn't wondering if he should bark at you or not. Because <laughs> that's that's it. And even then, you'll hear the on on some of the uh, Blurred Lines podcasts, you'll just hear every now and then just. Vroom! Yep. <laughs> like, hey man, relax. And then it's like quiet for a second. All right, hey, I think we're good. You know, you know that I have five Boston Terriers. I used to have a Boston Terrier. I have five. Two, one from Queens, one from Jersey, three from Glendale. We adopted and we drove when we drove across country for, to move here. To we moved into Coronado. That's a wild drive. That drive's it's, hard. Uh, I have three cars and um, family members and stuff and two dogs at that point. But yeah, when we got here, they were first of all they fell in love with the climate. My dogs are the happiest they've ever been really? because New York City was rough. I think that anytime you live in an apartment that you have to get, oh, like yeah. they have to go to the bathroom and you're up at, at thirty floors and you're like, oh, we're picking up people all the way down. The dogs like, are you kidding me right now? Like we're stopping again and it's not the floor that I need to go out, you know? So I feel like now you just open the door and it is a livable. In I mean I love that about Arizona. You know, most of the time of the year you just live outdoors. You know, yeah. you spend more money on your yard. In your space outside than you would in the house, you know, because yeah. because right now everyone knows it's brutal and it's very hot. But I always equate this to a serious winter in the East Coast. When oh you're yeah, in Maine, it's the same. you're hibernating. You're inside, but at least you're yeah. Hibernating when I lived in Virginia, we had nor'easters yeah. and all that. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, because I feel like it's just a flip. And you can't even the things that you can do in Arizona in the morning. Like, there's no morning not as cold. Right. There's you know no morning I mean? like, that you are going to slip on ice and break your back, yeah, you know? Yeah, for real. <laughs> I, 
I do not miss the East Coast. Me neither. I do not miss the East Coast. <laughs> I miss you, New York, but I don't miss, like, I did go to Maine recently, and I love, I just seafood. If we're talking about the East Coast and the ocean, seafood and stuff like that, food options, I would like to see an expansion of that here in downtown. Um, sure. I think the thing that we, that, I think the issue with that the most is, um, obviously we don't have an ocean, right? Right. But besides that, if you look at, like, uh, L.A., L.A. to a point has, 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 has okay seafood. But San Francisco. Right. San Francisco has really good seafood. And yeah. that's another thing that I tell people, too, is, like, travel to different places in your region. Yeah. Like, travel, go up to Vegas. I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Vegas because it's it's a lot. It, it's a lot. But when you find, like, up there, they have uh, the NBA Summer League, which okay. is all NBA prospect players. Oh, nice. And they play for, like, two weeks. And that's, like, a week after um, there's a UFC convention and they have a fight week there. And so I was like, dude, that's the perfect time in Vegas. For me, personally. Right, right. Or they have, like, a big fighting video game tournament in Las Vegas. Okay. And they have all these things where I'm like, oh, there's cool stuff to do there. Yeah. And in L.A., I mean, L.A. is L.A. But right. there's cool stuff there. And then you got San Diego. And all these drives are maybe six hours max. Right, right. I did, we we covered, I when I, I grew up in the East Coast, so I've covered everything on the East Coast. So it was very exciting to move out here. Colorado, I'd never been to. Um, Palm Springs. Joshua Tree. I mean, Joshua oh, awesome. whoa! Some of the there's that little bar in Joshua Tree. I can't remember the name of it, but a lot of people from LA go out there. So you're bound to it's run quiet. into somebody sitting at yeah. that bar. Um, so it's a really and it is a great place if you're a writer, if you're a film, anything that you need some time to just be silent. Joshua Tree is highly underrated. Underrated in Arizona, Tucson. Yes. Extremely I, underrated. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, when I first moved here, my friend was like, oh, we're going to do the Tucson's, uh, it was a road race. And cyclists were, it's a bike race, it's a big one. It's a, one of the biggest ones of the year. Mm -hmm. And so I said, oh, but I only have a beach cruiser from back east. It's like a heavy duty thing. Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, no, all bikes. You can do all bikes. So it was, I was like, oh, I can, I'm, I'm good for 40 miles. So we go to- 40 Tucson. miles on a bike? Yeah. So we go to, and that's just, okay, Jeez, so we man. show up the night before and everyone is an athlete wearing the bike on their shoulder with their spandex outfits preparing for the race tomorrow. There was no beach cruisers. We had already paid. We were in it for sure. So me and this other woman did this whole bike race, which is an elite race, on a beach cruiser with horns, a basket in front, <laughs> beer in my basket. The cops at every wave were like, so that's how I got to, but then after that, I got to go out into Tucson. Whoa. Totally underrated. You're absolutely Fourth right. Fourth Avenue is nice. It was all um, the food choices. Yo, it feels like they yeah. stopped there. Yeah, I think we need to get we need to get some more Raleigh's Mexican patio. I swear by when I, I have down not there. I have not gone there. They have I a Bitteria burger and it's no. so good. it's a lot it's okay. a lot but like that and uh, there's a hotel down there that I started going to because um, my brother he's a reservist so he has to go down there for his reserve duty. Okay, and um, I'll just go down there every now and then with them. And I was driving by and I saw this hotel. It's called the Hotel McCoy. Okay, and it's like a really fifties era mm. hotel. But they give you like a notepad and like like a pen and paper and they give you all this stuff and I'm like, okay, cool. This is a very quiet. So last time I was down there, it's just really quiet. Yeah. And all I wanted to do was just go down there. I was going down there for a it was an amateur MMA fight that they had, and it's like kind of big. It's like a lot of kickboxers and a lot of stuff. Like you know, it's fairly well known in Arizona. And so I just went down there and I had a friend that was down there. And it was just a really quiet, you know, easy trip just because exactly what you said. The food there is people are there. pretty cheap. It's not really too terrible. Mm -hmm. It's a decent college town. So, yep. like, everything's yep. pretty easy to get to. Yeah. I didn't feel old. 
You know, you sometimes you go to a college town and you're like, I should not even be here, like walking Tempe. around. Yeah, yeah Tempe. <laughs> Truly, yeah. I'm in a Tempe, <laughs> and it's right around the corner. Um, but yeah, I didn't feel that way. Which in the bars there was a mixture of uh, ages, which I felt really comfortable in. Yeah. In Tucson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, uh, of course, there are those some bars that is like sure. this is a college bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's it's... a lot of places where it is very easy to you know go yeah. out there and you just kind of hang out. There's a lot of a lot of really good ice cream down there for some reason. Okay, did not know that. I don't know why, but there's like five ice cream places down on uh like by the rialto theater i'm like oh all these places are good like fourth avenue you literally have to do some um, reviews for writing uh restaurants and uh, yeah yeah (laughs) i've I've wanted to do that there's um there's this guy there's a rapper and he has actually this really interesting there's a lot of rappers that are starting to get into food but there's one he used to be a chef and he had a show called fuck that's delicious (laughs) and it's it's awesome and what he would do because He's from Queens. He's from Queens. His family is Albanian and um, what's the other one? He's like an Albanian Jewish dude from Queens. Okay. And I think he might be part Italian or he like cooked Italian food or one. It's one of two. Mm-hmm. But he's like a chef. Dude was like a legit chef, but he just loved hip hop, so he was always playing hip hop. <laughs> and he started rapping, and then eventually he got on. Like they, he just started, and so. He, he, but he talks about food all the time in his raps and yeah. stuff like that. So it's really fun to hear him. But what he was doing for a while, he got, he's kind of got back into it. He went on a huge, crazy weight loss thing too. Oh, okay. So he kind of changed up what he was doing. And plus COVID, so he wasn't really on tour. Right. But whenever he would tour, he would get Vice to get him a bunch of cameras. And they would just travel and they would just eat local food. Awesome. And I'm like, that's such a good that's a idea, great man. Yeah. And so every tour, every tour stop, you know, and you, at first you don't really think like, okay, well, what could that possibly do? Right. Two nights in New York, a night in Philly, a night in oh. Chicago. So, and now mm. like people are like, oh my God, that's the a food. whole, you think that about... tour is a whole season. Yeah. And yeah. so it's, that was so interesting to me. And I think that would, I wanted to do that here. And my idea was, um, North Valley, downtown, East Valley, West Valley, see how that went and if people were into it then you do tucson flagstaff sedona and then if that went well eventually san diego la and you just kind of like went to the region yep Yep. you know because that's and it's staying away from like in and out right right i love in and out but like (laughs) we know what in and out is (laughs) and i heard you last time talk about i have yet to go to the dutch bros I know. I, I, I don't like coffee. I, I don't like coffee. But a milkshake at 8 a.m., which is what that is, my mom was like, I can't believe you drink that. And I had to stop it because I'm like, wait, how many calories? 600? I, what? I was going to Golden... Uh, Tattoo Polsky, who is currently here, he was working for Golden Rule. Yeah, yeah. I love and, Golden Rule. Shout out yeah, to Golden Rule. So great. Shout out to Golden Rule. And we were there getting our first tattoo. And the Dutch Bros, we couldn't get into that parking lot. It was when they, before they moved. Yeah, that one. You know what happened to that Dutch Bros? No. Somebody ran into it. <laughs> really? Somebody like smashed into the Dutch Bros. That's why it's closed. <laughs> there was like a crazy that's crash. A, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I have no idea. But we pull up and I'm like, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's a coffee. But it, you, it would be almost like a cream and sugar. And I was like, so there's no coffee. And they're like, well, it is, <laughs> but more cream and sugar. And so I have yet to try if it you only think because... Starbucks is too sweet, you're going to hate Dutch Bros. Okay, yeah. yeah then <laughs> my I, mom I, can't stand it. Okay, if she's a coffee kind of... I'm a coffee connoisseur kind of girl. She's I love not, my coffee. She's not a connoisseur. She okay. just likes her coffee black. Okay. Oh, see? she, But she can also taste a bitter bean versus a smooth bean. So I think that people who drink yeah. black coffee 
are way better than people who even have a splash legit, of anything. Go to, check out Jobot. Jobot's got like oh, legitly good. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I used to write there all the time yeah, before I lo- this place. Because I, I, I had this coffee shop. I did a I did a little when I first got here. I went down to Jobot because out sitting outside in that fall and winter. Yep. Um, that, oh, yep. That's my favorite spot. Favorite spot. And then when you're done writing, you can go in and have a beer and celebrate your writing. You know, that's what I would do. They just opened up uh, some food stuff there, too. Okay, I so heard. They I heard changed about this the menu. menu. It, the, yeah, the menu's completely different. Which, at first, I was like, yo, those ribs, though. Because they were good. Those ribs were amazing. I did not have them. But I they, um, I, I even tried, like, yo, man, if you're not going to do anymore, can I get them? He's like, <laughs> all right, cool. But he switched it up. So Pablo, um, he switched it up so that it's uh, more Mexican now. Okay. But there's, and I cannot remember her name for the life of me. I see her every time. I think it's mine. I think it's mine. But she does uh, Thai food at night. Oh, okay. So, and that, her Thai food's really, really okay. good. I'm, I'm willing. I'm and so, so willing. Stuff like that, mm-hmm. you would not think that a coffee shop that serves Mexican and Thai food would be good. Right. But that's a very Arizona thing. Yeah. That it's just like, that's what I, I, I kind of see the culture of Arizona is like, you just get in where you fit in. Yeah, yeah. You like, can skip the chains because I didn't realize how many. Like, I was going to these places and they're like, you know, it's a Fox restaurant. And I was like, what? I didn't even know about this before. I was like, oh, really? I didn't. So you really want to, if if to support the local businesses, you want to go outside of those. You know, I tried. And when like, you realize how much McDonald's is now, it's not that cheap. No, when it you realize isn't. It's like ten, twelve dollars. Yeah. You're like, dude, I could have gotten this anywhere. Right. You absolutely could have. You could have bought. You could have bought the ingredients for a week of burgers. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and you could have gone to the Uptown Farmer's Market, gotten all the ingredients oh, that you yeah. needed, and made best. it yourself. They have the best farm like meats Uptown. up there. Like Their Uptown. farm meats are great. The fish there, yeah. guys. Fish and meat at the Farmer's Market. I'm just going to tell oh, you. Oh, where's that place? And eggs. Oh. There's another place, too. It's an actual fish market. There's one that's by um, that's by the Whole Foods off Camelback. That okay. I, I had to like lock these in because I'm like, okay, if I'm moving to Camelback in a little bit, let me figure out where I'm going to eat. Yeah, and you, it is you being from the East Coast and being from Maine. We, it's so funny because I tell people that hot dogs and hamburgers when I was growing up were too expensive. We would have lobster steamers and corn on the cob because it was cheaper. They fed lobsters to prisoners because they're so plentiful. So you can just, they were cents back in the day, you know. Now it's such an elite food and you're like, I can't afford a lobster. You get hamburger and hot dogs. But so growing up back east, I have this, I do have this sense of like clam chowders and everything have to be a specific thing. And to find seafood, it's very challenging. You know, it's really challenging, but I have to say Buck and Ryder, some of these, um, the, uh, the seafood stands and the farmer's markets, I have found some great. It's always going to be hard in the You got to dig. You gotta it's look. always going to be hard in the desert. Right. Who and knew? Like Hawaii, we, we would have it back home where it was like, we knew the dude, Giovanni's Shrimp Truck. Oh, that's And it was exactly what it sounded like. The dude would catch shrimp and he would cook it with garlic and it was awesome. And he would just put it in like those little, uh, the little bowls that you yeah. see, like almost like a Tupperware, like a plastic Tupperware. Yeah. And he had a cooler full of ice in the back seat of his truck. Amazing. And we would just go see Jeff on his shrimp truck. And see, it was awesome. those are the those are the experiences that you want forever. You want you want that truck driving by. But I do feel like it's getting bigger. I love the fact that more chefs are able to have businesses because of food trucks. Yeah. You know. I mean, if we I get why they that. don't exist the same way here as in like example L.A., San Francisco. It's just too hot. Right. Right. Pl- but it the is. thing is, there's no downtown either. Right. Right. There is no. Oh yeah, that's true. You're absolutely right. Not the same. It, there is a downtown, but it's not the same as New York, where right. you would drive up to Times Square or not Times Square. Oh, maybe Times Square too. Sure. But Central Park, and you just park there, and you'd be good. Yep. You're done. You're walking forever. Yeah, no, you're Or right. you don't see, you know what you really don't see out here is like food stands. Yeah, no food stands. 
Which again, and I think it, again, it is hot. Right. But it's hard. Right. It's what zoning laws and mm-hmm. all licenses. These yeah, and, I agree. It's it's just a challenge for any. I think it, overall, if you if you are opening a business or you're doing something for the community, you have gone above and beyond. It's a challenge, you know. And I think this is like level, church will do okay with their food because that yeah. it basically is just a bunch of food stands in there. Yeah. So they, oh yeah, like you're that right. You're right. Okay. I love that spot. Yeah, it's and mm-hmm. I think that something like that works when it comes to yeah, because you you it feels like okay. So when I first moved here, all I could think about was I went to um, uh, Colonnade Dropout and yeah. it's the big with the furniture. Yeah, yeah, yeah in the yard. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is my first place I came here, um, and I was out and I was like, whoa! Like I haven't seen a place like this coming from New York City. You don't have this size of anything. Mm-hmm. Like everything is like it would be that couch section. And that's a full restaurant or bar, you know? So coming here... With incredible like, oh. food from some dude whose, like, dad came from Italy. And I know. <laughs> like, that's the thing about the East Coast that I do kind of miss. Is like, it's true. It's true. But when you have this experience now, people can move. There are places in the world. If you can just expand your mind and be as creative as... You know, it's almost like being a big fish in a small pond here. Yeah. Right? I can buy this. I, I was able to buy this now. I can, I'm able to help as much as I possibly can, as many artists as I possibly can. Back east, I'm a small fish in a big pond. I can't afford anything. You just kind of go with the flow. But here, there's still that creative spaces left. You still and there's have no room. right way. That's my right? favorite thing is that when you look at, like, when you look at New uh, LA, because I've considered moving to LA just because I, I do want it to kind of like that change and um, that what what I'm very interested in is politically what's going to happen with a lot of these artists if the po- some of the politics keep going the way that they do. Yeah. Um, because Hawaii, Hawaii is another place where it's, you know, small fish, big pond, or mm-hmm. uh, big fish, small pond. But what I've noticed is that in these big fish, big pond, small fish, big pond cities, New York, LA, Chicago, Atlanta, um, Houston, yep. uh, San Francisco, even Boston to an extent, there's like a lot of smaller pockets of people. So that like, and it's a very specific like, oh, the makeup artists in New York who specialize in stage makeup are a very tight-knit group. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. But at the same time, if you were to do that in, in Phoenix, you might it might be just you guys that right. do that. Right, But in, in it's so interesting uh-huh. because it's like, oh, well, there's the Broadway, and then there's the off-Broadway, and then right. there's the guys who... And you're just... The, the pockets of people are so... You're... If you... And that's why I think the artists who are really, really about their art are going to be able to find that spot. Yeah. And it's going to be either because they make it or they help push it. Okay, right. And so that what what I tell people all the time is there's a uh, there's a rapper named Slug from Atmosphere, a rap group called Atmosphere, and they're born and raised in Minneapolis, never really left. He even has a song where he's like, if I was gonna go anywhere, it'd be Chicago, but this is home. Uh, okay. And they've like done festivals out there. They started record companies and record labels out there. And the Minnesota Timberwolves basketball team, when they rebranded, they got them. They said, hey, we want you to handle, like, the video and everything for it. And when I saw that, it was like, listen, man, I'm not a Suns fan. My family's from Chicago. I'm a Bulls fan. Right. But if the Suns were like, hey, currency exchange, we want you. Or like, hey, the Hive, we want. It would be that thing where you're like, oh, I did it. Yeah. Now you're in the Big Fish area. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, and even even, like, when I was in L.A., I went to a Lakers game. And they were giving out shirts with like LA art, like LA artists. Oh, nice! Like, did, made designs for it, and I was like, "That's so." That's genius. That's something where this is a global brand, 
and it is a local product that is now a global brand because of this. Yeah. And so when I saw that, I'm like, oh, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. Yes. With the internet now, like, it's doable. And you could be, you could be savvy enough to do it all from your, behind your desk at home. Yeah. You could be. I know that I am. I feel like my, my love of humans is what keeps me out and out of home. And keeps me wanting to come here and, you know, be in this community and meet these people and talk to everybody. Because I, without that, that's my personality. It's, and I'm sure it's yours as well. Like, I have a lot to say. And I really think that I, I do best when I'm out in public. That's why I started a podcast. Because <laughs> I was like, I can either... You know what it actually was? I started a blog because I was like, I can either post this on Twitter where three people are going to see it and retweet it. Mm-hmm. Or, I can make it and, or I can write about it and talk about everything I want to talk about. And you're going to develop people from there. And so to me, that was like, it kind of hit me because even my parents were like, well, if nobody's reading, why are you still doing it? Mm-hmm. Which is a valid question. Totally. It, it, and I was, I, I got really pissed off when I first heard that. And then I was like, wait a minute, hold on. These are people who came up in the eighties. Right. These are people who came up in MTV and like mm-hmm. the birth of MTV. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, a very hyper capitalist Ronald Reagan, like, mm-hmm. it's a different era. Right. And so for me, who is coming from a completely different space, this is a little bit alien to them. Right, right. You know, even, like, when I started getting tattooed, it was like, well, who are those tattoos for? And it's like, what do you mean, who are they for? Right. Like, the, me. Like, I don't care what... Uh, well, an employer is going to, I don't care. Uh, right. You know? And like, I just got a tattoo behind my ear. I'm getting, I'm working on stuff, getting stuff on my hands. Like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, dude. at like, this point, no. You don't have to. Uh, all back in Boston, all my friends are tattooed from, yeah, from shoulder to hand, to fingertips, face. I've seen a couple of fingertips. I'm like, all right, y'all crazy. You, well, and, and I feel like when you're into, if you're into anything where you have to be constantly cleaning your hands, that's not going to last. I mean, it will yeah. fade. You know? Yeah, that yeah. I, I I was just talking to somebody the other day. They were like, "Yeah, you know what really hurt my uh, for tattooing the most? The cuticle." Oh. The cuticle. Like, yeah, and then they show me their hand, and it's like all the way. I'm like, "Oh, Whoa. dude, that's Ooh, that's hardcore." Yeah, that's hardcore. You are hardcore. I mean, you are doing something that most people will not do. No, right? and and that's that is what kind of made me realize that like, oh no, no, this is a different era. This is something where we are creating for us. Yep. And if other people like it, that's cool. If yeah. other people don't like it... Sorry? Yeah. Not even apology. You don't even have to apologize these days. It's honest. You're right. There was such a mold that you had to... Growing up, you thought was the right mold. You know, and and when you got to the place where we're at now, there is no such thing. There shouldn't be such a thing. And it should. it's taken a long time to kind of break that mold. But everything and everyone should be accepted for, for who they are and what they do. Yeah. That's why I was telling my dad the other day... I honestly believe that if Prince came out right now, yeah, that dude would be the biggest person in music. Can you imagine Prince and how, how prolific he is with streaming? Right. Where he doesn't have to go through a label. He doesn't. He'd have an album a week. You know who I thought? They say he's sitting on a thousand unreleased songs. I know that's insane. Like they're like, yeah, his estate's got a thousand unreleased songs. I'm like, I'm, I'm just imagining like, even if you did a twenty-song album, you can make. 50, 20 song albums with good mastering. Like, 50. Imagine albums. how. Imagine Prince with streaming on Spotify. He might legit have a song every day. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and and because of simply who he is and his non conforming life, he that would be dude great. would be a monster. Do you know today. who I thought who was taking his position? And I thought for sure as a musician was, um, gosh, who sings, uh, dun, 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 dun. Oh, 
this is terrible. I can't believe I'm noticing. <laughs> I'm going to skip that until I can remember his name. Um, but <clears throat> I agree with you. I simply, I think that you're absolutely right. He could be himself and probably wouldn't even have to deal with any red tape now. No, I, I do appreciate how he pushed up. Right. Cause he then needed it, to do a lot to yeah. get to that point, And mm-hmm. I think we're going to see start seeing those Prince type of people. Um, that was my issue. You've And anyone who's heard me on this podcast has heard me talk about Drake. But to me, Drake broke the game. Like, I'm not a Drake fan, really, because I, I feel like... But what he did with the algorithm is taking it like to its logical extreme. Yes. Where he's just like, I'm going to make this perfect song that is technically very very complete Mm -hmm. and it has the right sound that i need for it in this specific season and i feel like the way to get away from that because i I feel like if he broke the game i feel like there's going to be somebody who's like okay you need that isaac hayes dude who is going to be like here's an eight second or uh, an eight minute opening song on my album opening song and it's just gonna be two minutes of intro and you're gonna have somebody who just breaks it the other way and it's like oh okay no albums are back on streaming again because it's all cycle right it's, it's all a cycle and I'm, I'm i'm very excited to see like oh, okay cool late we don't listen to albums anymore okay but these are the best albums of the decade and how are these still being made as right. albums and that's it's when you find that spot for me um like we were talking about the trail running earlier one of the things that helped me the most was running to an album when you look at how long an album is it's about 30 to 45 minutes sometimes less okay about 30 to 45 minutes natural breaks and pauses yep so you like you might be taken off to one song and then just naturally it slows down so like that helped me a lot too oh so you okay so this is was my question for other runners or trail runners i think the same because i feel like if it does slow down for me if a song a song slips in from my playlist that has changed rhythm and it's a little bit slower i tend to oh wait my stride is a little bit less maybe i'm taking a couple more breaths yeah. so then when the next one picks up i'm like oh boom and it's faster i always thought that influx of speed was more challenging because so i i feel like i have to just put like from the go and then when i'm done it's like okay then you can walk when you walk your stretch and whatever then you can let it all disengage and let uh, a little bit of a quiet it helps me because i listen to new albums so okay i'm listening to albums Stuff you've as never they heard come of. out and i'll listen to something and my body just kind of natural to be like oh okay cool but yeah. when it, i had to get away from like the pump up music because you know in the gym a high school dude in the gym is going to be like straight up like we're listening to rap and metal and I remember I was um I was at an MMA gym here actually it's a very respected MMA gym shout out to the lab I got a lot of people there that oh the lab yeah yeah, I'm really cool with them and I was rolling with um (laughs) it's it's wild to say this but like a former UFC champion And, like, he's the coolest dude ever. Yeah. Who, I, which one is it? Ben Henderson. Okay, ben yeah, Henderson. yeah. He's so we such a nice dude. We're not sports... Uh, so, sorry, Phoenix, but we're just UFC fans. We're not really into any yeah. other thing. But, yeah, I actually... I I got onto Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell's show. I like Luke Thomas. And I, I filmed from here, and I was like, you guys are coming to Phoenix. You better come to the Hive and they broadcast. Were no, they were... So, we had to send them, like, three videos, and they put us on. And they're cool. like, Hive on 16th wants us to come and broadcast from there. So, then every UFC fan was like, yes, you gotta come here. And then they didn't. And I don't know if it was because of logisticals parking and stuff or just the fact that it wasn't kind of a sit i don't you know they were great and brian's an artist plus phoenix is weird with um 
when they hold events because they don't do it as often as like Vegas, and they're not going to be Vegas. Right. But Phoenix only, I, which is weird to me. I feel like they should get more, but Phoenix only gets events like once or twice a year. Yeah. Or one, once every two years, rather. Yeah, he, he they didn't come here very often. Yeah, they were just here a little bit ago. Yeah, that's the that was the time. I, I was I like, I feel like they messed up. I was oh. looking at the card and I looked at the ne- the card that just happened. I'm like, there's so many Arizona guys on this card. I, Bring how, that card how great would it have been to interview Arizona fighters here? Yeah. I was like, I have the place. So we walked around. They they showed our whole place. And they were like, they want us to come. Let us know. And I was like, I just so it's on my page. You can check it out. Yeah, they I'll mentioned check, yeah. us on there. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Luke Thomas. I like his. He's very, uh, very thought process. Kind of, and he, he tells it exactly how it is. Yes. and it's very funny because <laughs> you'll hear sometimes where he's just like. Yeah, and whoever sent me that, shut the fuck up. You're, right. you're just like, oh, okay. You're like that guy at home is like, oh, man. Yeah. That sucks so bad. I love it. Yeah, totally. Was, okay, uh, so back to Brian. I was, rolling, I was rolling with uh, John Crouch, okay. you know, just in a jiu-jitsu class. Yeah. And I, I'm very cognizant of music that's playing just because I love music and I love listening to it. So, I'm like, even like in my, when I was working retail before, I was just like, I could hear like, oh, hey, that sounds so Oh, hey, that sounds so <laughs> And so I'm rolling and like, I kind of hear like, is that is that Bob Marley? And I'm like, yo, is that Bob Marley, dude? And he's like, listen, man, you're going to spend your whole life trying to get excited and trying to push yourself forward. You need those times where it's calm and you're doing something. Mm. And I was like, do you listen to this like when you lift? He's like, yeah, because it's going to help me focus on form. Oh, it slows you down. Like, it mentally slows he's you down. Like, if you, he's like, if I put on Slayer right now, you're going to have guys that are just kind of you know, powering, trying to power Slow through everything. Weight. He's like, but if I turn on Bob Marley, if I turn on Jack Johnson, you're going to have guys that are thinking more. It's just like that, like that quiet voice in your mind. Mm-hmm. And so even when I lift now, unless I'm like really struggling with a lift, even when I lift, yeah. no, I'm going to listen to some stuff from back in Hawaii. I'm going to listen to some, the jazz that I would grow up with, just something like that. And then listening to the albums has kind of expanded my, you know, just, just what I listen to yeah. when I run, because you just look and you're like, New album? Who? All right, cool. Let's, let's pop it. Like I just did that with a uh, Burna Boy. I have from, to. Uh, I have to do this. Nigeria. And how was it? It was cool. Okay, good. It was really good. cool. Now sometimes, like my favorite rapper of all time is Lupe Fiasco. He just came out with an album, and he's very involved with what he says. Okay. And he does a lot of like metaphors and like this means this and this means this, and so that one I was listening to it, and I I could tell by halfway through I'm like. I didn't hear shit he said. I'm going to have to re-listen to this. Because I was like, I, and I even told some of my friends, I'm like, yeah, almost okay. It was all right. And they're like, dude, this might be his best one. I'm like, yeah, it was all right. And then I listened to it again. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This might be, his, yeah, no, no, this is solid. This is a really, really good album. Uh, Just because things like that, you can't necessarily, you know. Right, you can't focus on when yeah. you're doing, right. But at the same time, if you want to listen to it again, that's perfect. Yeah. Like, and well, you've already, and I feel like with new albums, I if you're, if you're focusing on an exercise, you, you're more apt not to fast forward through that song that yeah. you think that you don't like. Yeah. Because you, you tend to, all right, all right, all right. And yeah. then if you're sitting and not doing anything. So do you prefer, um, oh, I had a question for you. I can't remember what it was now. I just lost it. I'll think of it again. Had to yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're just saying. Um, no, but like, so listening to different things, um, there were a couple limits, like uh, Kamasi Washington, who I really like as a jazz artist. He had like a three-hour jazz album. Oh, and that one okay. I was like, all right, man, we might have to break this one up a little bit. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's excellent. It's beautiful. He, right. he knew it was long because he called it the epic. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you knew what you were getting to. <laughs> it's like the Pink Floyd of the early days. They're long, long songs. And Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And seven, and seven songs. Yeah. Seven songs and hour and a half long album. <laughs> You're like, wait, how did you? Oh, I remember. Are you into lyrics or the music? 
Depends on listening to. Okay. Depends on listening to. Um, for hip hop, it is lyrics. I want to hear what you're saying. First and foremost, um, a lot of the music that I listen to tends to be, if not politically charged, very socially aware. Okay. Um, so a lot of punk, a lot of hip hop, like you know, conscious hip hop, things like that. Um, I also am interested in hearing not just what you're saying, but how you're saying it. Because I think that it takes a lot of artistry to, a lot of these genres are very, my theory in music is that there's only seven genres and everything else is an offshoot of it. So there's not, when you think of it like that, there's not a ton, you know, there's like, okay, well, what are you going to listen to? Rock? Okay. Metal, punk, you know, classic, whatever. But to me, when people find a different way to do something, Mm -hmm. when there's just that little twist of, oh, he's like this, but. Um, a group I really like is Mayday. Okay. And Mayday is a group of guys from Miami, and they sound a lot like Red Hot Chili Peppers if they're updated a little bit. Yeah. But the lead singers are two battle rappers. And they're, I think, I, I don't think they're all Cuban, but I think a lot of them are Cuban. So there's a lot of, like, Miami influence from that of, like, oh, okay, this is, you know, a very, very Cuban style of music. But we've also got a lot of heavy guitars, and we've also got a lot of hip-hop here. Mm-hmm. And one of the battle rappers, like, I think he was a singer. Okay. So, like, he's got, like, melodies, and then he'll rap. And oh, then he'll, nice. And then he'll, but it'll be a rap over a guitar. And it's a uh, very Mayday? interesting sound. Yeah, Mayday. I, I have really so many like things Mayday. from this podcast I'm going to have to research after this. And so there's a lot of groups like that where I'm like, oh, okay, this is different. This is something unique. And I think that's the most important thing, too. And it's hard because your record label is going to say, what's, what's your new thing? And your... Critics are going to be like, okay, that's great, but what's your new thing? But to me, when I say I want something new, it's just that what I've had to phrase it as is I want something different. So there's so many artists out there that are doing so many different things. And that that's why and and we talked about a little bit offline about like trying to find the right group of people and the right people to work for, because those artists that I don't that I disagree with. There's a difference between disagree and don't agree. The artists that I fundamentally disagree with mm-hmm. as far as, you know, who you are as a person and, like, like when R. Kelly had all his stuff. Mm-hmm. I was telling my friends, like, it wasn't really hard that hard to stop listening to me because there's a lot of R&B artists who are doing stuff better than he did. Yep. But they're just not as well known. Right. And, like, Kanye, even though dude is a visionary and ch- completely changed music, there's so many, we call them, you know, Kanye's babies. We're, like, so many <laughs> kids that grew up listening to him that are doing what he did, taking four steps further. Yes. That it's the kind of thing where it's like, again, back to the kind of the fast food thing where it's like, we don't need to do this on the radio. Right. We can do this on, this guy's got, you know, instead of 2.5 million followers or whatever, mm-hmm. dude's got a couple hundred thousand, but right. he's doing different things. Right. There's, um... Uh, the guy who did Hamilton, uh, David Diggs. Yep. The, uh, <laughs> I was going to say the black guy, but like that, that's Hamilton. Right. But one of the guys from Hamilton has a group called Clipping. Okay. And he's from Oakland. He's got a couple other guys I think are also from Oakland. He has an album, a rap album, that won, a, I think, a Hugo Award, which is like the top writing, the top award for science fiction. Like that's science fiction crazy. Writing. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Because I'm a big sci-fi nerd. Okay. So like. I'm like, well, hold on. This dude made a rap album that's the best science fiction work of the year. And they're like, 
the guy was like, yo, you got to listen to it. <laughs> listen to it. It's incredible. <laughs> it's it's awesome. absolutely incredible the what he does and how he mixes it into like Afrofuturism and all these different things of like, okay, social things like depression and mm. isolation and loneliness. And then not political, but you know, political things like your identity as a black man and how that affects you and just themes of like love and betrayal. And I'm like, you did this on a rap album that sometimes is just straight up freestyles. Like, how did you do that? That's incredible. And then he made like two albums that are like straight up horror movies. Oh, nice. And I'm like, dude, (laughs) why are we listening to this? Like, why are we listening to like that? I think that's the thing that frustrates me most about art is just like how lazy some people can get with it. And then that's kind of how, when you have to remember, not everybody treats it the same way. Right. Right. Not everybody treats it the same way. And that's mm-hmm. the hardest thing to kind of like, like, but I care. Right. You need to care, you know? <laughs> Can't you feel how much I care? Yes, I agree with you 100%. I feel, I feel like the more, it's, I feel like it comes back to the same with sales of an art you know, someone is not going to like your piece, mm-hmm. but you can't just go and, you know, I, we, we had a gallery in here that Julia did every first Friday had a gallery opening. And I just thought to myself, I don't know if I even have the attention span to walk through a room with a coffee or something in my hand and just go through this room and look at these images. And so I broke it up and we made two studios, working studios for artists, because I thought, let's just have an experience so that artist can now have an experience in their space that you're going to come to that specific artist's experience. Right? You're not going to just have to walk around and look at something that's there and the person's probably preoccupied in talking about their work. Or we're working with Joey, the guy who does the laser wood here, and he's now hologramming in. So he'll hologram into my oh, sh- into my cool. shop and talk about the art. And I'm like, this is where we have to go. Like, this, I would sit here and watch this little man sit on this chair right here. Like, I would watch Joey come here and tell me everything about art. Awesome. Versus walking in that room and seeing it. You know, I would let, and then I obviously see it after. But those are where this needs to go. Yeah. You need an experience. Even if yeah. it is just a CD DJ. It's something outside the box. Yeah, People something will, oh, different. Yeah. Something you know? different. And not even, it doesn't even need to be something that's Cost. like game-changingly different. No. Just something or that is. expensive. Yeah. Sometimes you just go back to the roots and think about and look at your community. I think that, I think that since COVID, people need to turn inside because community is there for you. And, it, and you just got to, and you have to make people shine. The more, and this is what we're talking about off the camera as well, or off the mic, is that the more you choose to be helpful to people, and, and help them get out of their depression or their, their funk that they're in or just to give them a hello text is worth more than probably a life, a, a week or a month's worth of things. Just being there for that person and listening and to hear them. Yeah. And that's what the community, we need each other right now because everything else above from us up is kind of whack. You know, the political, yeah. you know, we're supposed to be trusting in something that we all don't understand from one aspect to the other. So I feel like if you can just sit with your community or you can realize what your community needs are, and that's that's another thing we have to do more is get out and find out what the needs are of the community. That, and you know what? It's funny that you say that because my dad asked me a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago, he's like, why do you claim Hawaii so hard? And he's like, you never really talk about California. And I was like, well, it's only there for like a year, you know? And he's like, you never really talk about, you know, here. So why do you claim California or uh, Hawaii so hard? And the thing is, it was kind of hit me at the perfect time of, I was, I lived there from fifth grade to my freshman, fourth grade to my freshman year of high school. Oh, that's an awesome amount of time and, and a perfect living time. Yeah. And like our yard where we lived, we lived on like 
like this little block and I lived on a military base which is a very very communal place even now like I, I miss the military sometimes because when I was in we used to like when I was in training we used to leave our barracks doors open and we would people just walk around and just like oh hey man what are you doing oh we're playing 2k like if you want to jump in like you got next game it's like oh, I don't know about that man like and we my, my one of my army buddies is here and we talked oh, about okay. it on podcast a while ago yeah um but he just moved here and we were talking about doing the same thing like once we got all set up because yeah. it was like we used to barbecue all the time we used to hang out and when i was a kid growing up in hawaii there was only two families that had a fence in the in the yard okay and the only reason they did is because they had dogs that okay. would hang out outside okay and so what we would do is like hang out back we would just go to the backyard you know the backyard and everybody was invited to these barbecues and we would all hang out we'd all walk around we'd all do stuff and even off the military base it was the same vibe so all the luau's and like just hanging out you know with different people and just hanging out on the beach it was a very that time of like kokua which is like you know your sense of community and sense of respect but that's what it was it was like the sense of kokua of just like everyone being there and just being there for each other where hey her husband's been deployed for eight and a half months and he's gonna come back and you know he, he's only got like you know three more weeks until he's done what are we all gonna do for them? Oh, nice. You know, yeah. are we gonna are we gonna throw a party for them? Like, oh hey, uh, you know, her, her, that kid's mom hasn't been, you know, again another six month deployment, but his birthday party's coming up. What are, are we gonna help him out? Like how? Not yes. even are we? How are we gonna help him out? Amazing. And just that sense of community. And then when I moved here, and everyone had walls, oh, and yeah. and it was just like, no, this isn't the same. It's not. Man, it's this not. isn't the same. It's not, but it could be. If there are places you can go. I yeah, yeah. Like when moving to the suburbs is not, because that's where I went to high school and everything, too, is like, that's, no. And, I, and uh, if you finish the podcast I did with Pablo uh, Jobot, he says, like, if I wanted safety, I would move to Anthem. Hmm. If I wanted, but I wanted to raise my kids around culture. Yeah. And so I raised them in Phoenix. Yeah. Damn, that's real. And that's so, that is so real. And that goes back to, me being from Connecticut, born in Maine and grew up in Connecticut, and then going to New York and seeing the first thing that I see is someone who is going to, has a much broader experience and at the age of 12. And I'm 34 or whatever, you know, at that point. Uh, seeing kids hold, it was so cute, seeing two little girls holding hands, walking onto the train in Tokyo. Okay, that's... I was just like, like with their backpacks on, they just all got off together and they found their friends like... I know, like how, how, and I get that you don't fear much when you're younger, and it does, like, people who are out there travel young, because as you get older, you start, in your mind, you start creating things that could go wrong, like, because yeah. you, you don't think you're capable of doing things anymore, you kind of hit this age where you're like, oh, that's too much work, it really They keep not. us scared in America. Yeah, They totally. keep us scared in America, and I, when I say they, it's not even like the government, it's just that, like, don't go over... Don't go trick-or-treating because you never know who's going to put a razor blade right. in <laughs> And then, like, when I got older, I'm like, do you know how hard that would be? And to not notice I it? can't even re-wrap a candy like that, bro. You're telling, nah. And, like, are there cycles out there? Yes. Yes. Yes, totally. there are. You're going to meet so many more interesting people just saying, what's up? On an elevator. Yes. Is that guy going to murder you? I mean, I hope not. Right. That would suck. <laughs> but, like, you know, <laughs> like, you're going to meet... The fact that, like, even with Uber, which I, I heard somebody break it down the other uh, a couple months ago. He's like, dude, 
we are doing everything our parents told us not to do with Uber and Airbnb. Don't meet strangers on the internet. Don't get into strangers' cars. Don't go to strangers' houses. <laughs> and they made a business of that. <laughs> like, and when he said it, I was like, oh my God, he's so right. That's so, he's it's so, so poignant. Right. It's so true. It's so true. Now you think about it. Yeah. I mean, we, people think back that, you know, not coming home until my mom rang the bell or people always say dusk. Like, I'm coming yeah. home at dusk. Once the sun goes down, you got to get back because dinner's served. There was no calling. There was no cell phones. But you knew just by natural, the rest of your neighborhood's hanging out too. And at sundown, everyone's moms are like, you need to come home and eat. So we all left at the same time. Yeah, when you saw the streetlights come on, you're like, yeah. oh, oh, man, I got about go. 10 minutes before I'm in trouble, man. <laughs> yes. So I and we're about like... 20 minutes away because I only got a bike. I don't got a car. <laughs> yeah. True. Oh, and I kind of loved I kind of loved being forced transportation. It was a little bit, going to New York City, it was a little bit hard to acclimate to somebody else controlling your life. Because you really, unless you're walking in New York, everything else is on somebody else's time the bus driver the train and it could just be someone jumps on the train track or someone falls in or maintenance so it's funny how you give up an independence of transportation when you move there but then you gain a whole bunch of independence of just being able to figure it out Mm -hmm. okay so that's not working what are you gonna do next there is a bike grab a bike have you ridden a bike in years no but you gotta go up queensborough bridge right now because you're gonna be late for work (laughs) so you kind of learn and then coming back here after I was a little bit, that's why I think I tried to take the term. I, I was a little bit, and I have bikes, and we have it's a golf cool cart. It's cool depending on where you live. Like it is. When I lived in, in Mesa for a while, and that, taking the light rail from, like, I lived, like, right, probably like two blocks away from a, from a station. Okay. So I just skateboard to the station, and then it got me into Phoenix. Okay, see? And I was good. Right. That's and, dope. Like, that's right. the coolest part of light rail to me, is that, like, it gets people from outside Phoenix into Phoenix. Yes, and that's if you the, can't afford a car... And you don't have any other form of transportation. It is one of those things that you just try. Just try it. I want them to expand it to Scottsdale. Yeah, me too. And I know why they won't do it. Scottsdale is like very thinly veiled said why they won't do it. And I think it's lame, but I don't understand why. And and I know you said you're not a sports fan, but imagine if it just connected like the Cardinal Stadium to the Suns to... Yes. Listen, I Even think this is the the epic. If you love sports, Phoenix is for you. I mean, and I and I listen. I my client was uh, Lizzie Tish. They own New York Giants when I was in Manhattan, and I had oh, box wow. seats. She's amazing. They're the kindest humans in earth, and I really was into it. And I did for my clients, and I was there. But when I left it, it didn't mean the same here. And then I got into UFC, but. I just feel like if you are into sports, this place is a dream. For no, it, no, it would actually be perfect for you. I'm thinking, um, if you started watching Phoenix Rising. Okay. Phoenix Rising. I'm gonna try it for you. No, it's even. Okay. Here's, here's the dopest <laughs> thing, and I can't wait to move here because I'm gonna start doing it. There are stadiums all the way out in Chandler. Okay. It's that I've done that drive even from Anthem. I'm like, oh my god, this is like an hour. Like, it's, it's a haul. Oh, and that's a whole other thing we need to talk but, about, about commuting and people thinking it's so far. But anyway, keep going. It, it sucks because, yeah. like, it's an hour before traffic and you're just, like, sitting there and you're like, dude. Because there is no alternative. That's right. what makes me mad. There is no okay. alternative. But the cool thing that Phoenix Rising just started doing, they have this thing called Pub to Pitch. Okay. Where they'll meet you at the Churchill. And you can hang out at the Churchill. They'll drive you down there, like, in a bus <sighs> and drive you back. I'm like... Perfect. Okay. That's perfect. I think I bet. You're right. I'll try it. And it's like a local thing too. It's not, you know, it, it's a relatively small league because I got friends, like I said, I got friends in, in the UK and I got friends in Europe and for them, soccer is a very community thing. And okay. the example that they always give me is that like, if you go to London, just in London, there's seven pro soccer teams, like high level soccer teams. And I'm like, 
we wouldn't do that in America. Right. Like, you don't have... If you thought of the most football crazy city, right? You know, if you thought about Dallas, there's one team, right? And it, but it depends on like the neighborhood where you're from, and like right. baseball's kind of like that, you know, where my family's from the north side of Chicago, so we're Cubs fans, right? But my cousins are from the south side of Chicago, so they're Sox fans, right? But it's so crazy because even in America, it has become because it's such a niche thing, it has become like oh, only this certain group of people. So like mm-hmm. the Phoenix Rising Stadium isn't that big. I think it might be ten thousand people. Okay. Like maybe, which means that when the ultras, you know, the 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 the, um, the season ticket holders mm-hmm. are over there and they're lighting flares and they're beating drums yeah. the whole time, <laughs> yeah. you hear it. Okay. And it's different than a football okay. game or a soccer or a basketball game. I mean, or, or right. a baseball game. It's different. It's okay. not. It's a completely different vibe. Okay, I gotta do it. It's so it. much fun. Okay, I'm gonna do it. That'll be a great adventure. I'll yeah. do it for sure. Yeah, and those tickets are cheap too. Like we, like. 20 bucks, maybe. Oh, that'd to be great. Get in. I mean, it's a great thing to. Is it during the day or in the evening? It's typically at night. Okay. It's typically okay. at night. I'm going to do it. Which means I'm that you can just go crazy at Churchill and then yeah. get on the bus and drive down there. Yeah. And... I go right next door. Palabra cuts my hair. That great little um, yeah, shout out for Palabra. Um, yeah. I mean, I should. I really. I really did. I, it was a weird obsession, actually, with football and growing up and uh, family members who were into it. And plus, you had. I, Massachusetts family Patriots versus oh it's crazy so I feel like maybe just leaving I was like oh I'm taking a break from it but yeah I never got right back into it but I will try that our family so we, we stopped watching football and I tell people it's like you can't do Kaepernick the way you did and have all the concussion things and then like the breast cancer issue because there's like people who have had deaths of breast cancer and they can't wear their like anything related until the month of October and then they get fined I'm like, you can't what? treat your players like that. And the Bears are bad? No. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> no. It's like, Agreed. <laughs> like, wait, 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 my team's bad and the league is a bad league? Oh, no, 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 no. If the Bears were like 10 and 6, like going to the playoffs, I'd be like, mm. but I was like, man, ever bad? No. But like, really, like, we, we start getting into other sports. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you look around for something. So, exactly. And so, like, my dad found rugby. So we started watching rugby. Oh, we started playing um, rugby. And... We need to, t- your mom, come on, a little shout out tonight. Yeah, if you're yeah. not if you're not busy, it's at Tempe Sports Complex. That's amazing. Yeah, and I think it's at 5, too. So, okay. I mean, yeah. I'm That's sure awesome. you're busy on a Saturday <laughs> at, a art, you know, at an art installation. <laughs> I but... am here till 6 today. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, because it, it it's like a, it, it's like a metamorphosis for my family. Because Legend, my youngest brother, he might be moving to uh, New York. He wants to move to New York. My family's talking about moving to New York. Oh, I was like, city or New state? York city. Okay, very I'm cool. Like, I'm not doing the winter. They're like, "Bring on you come." Not doing the winter. You can be a snowbird. Come back here. Yeah, no. Hang yeah. out in your apartment. Yeah, I could just live here then. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my brothers, my other brothers at West Point right now. Oh, that's amazing. So he's already in New York, and that's, yeah. So there, and I think them two, it's very interesting because I. I came back and I lived with family because I realized that, like, hey, we have a lot of issues that we need to fix. Mm-hmm. And we fixed pretty much all those issues. But I realized that my brothers, my brothers are 16 months apart and I'm four years older than them. Right. And so I realized that their bond is just different. And so when I kind of accepted that, um, my middle brother was, or my youngest brother was like, hey, I think I might, you know, try to go to school in New York. He wants to go to NYU. Okay. And um, actually, you know, it's cool. We found apartments for him already. I've this, heard it's a great time to move there. This right apartment now. building owns the sky owns like four apartments around it. Okay. And so he basically can converted it into unofficial student housing. Oh, that's amazing. So his okay. leases are like September to May. 
Oh, okay, great. Or like great, August great. to June, like that. Those are his lease times. Very good. And I think it's like twelve a month. That's amazing. Studio. I think it might also be. I think it's split between roommates. Oh, oh, that's great. I think. I think that that's what we found. So he's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, two roommates is four hundred bucks, and he's like, yeah, that's, and that is. You can then have a life in New York. You either choose. This is how I always looked at it. Is either you choose to live in a really great place and park your car and have a garage, yeah. or you you live with where you're cooking and you're you know you're sitting on your toilet and you're cooking dinner, but. You have the greatest life in New York City. He wants to sell his car, and I'm like, I don't know if you can do all that mm. just because. Uh, unless he's gonna, I feel like if you're there past five years, you're you're going. Then his thing sell. is like, I I'm not sure if he wants to stay in the reserves because oh. that would help him with school, and plus my other brother being a little bit further away from the city. Yeah. I'm oh like, yeah. I'm like, yo, you might want to hold on to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to save, you might want to just throw it in storage. Yeah. And just parking is yeah. insurance. Oh. They just get you so hard. Yeah, so um, uh, that's why I was saying, like, you, you should probably hold on to it for a little bit. Yeah. Now, if you're established there, I think you're right. Right, right, right. That's that's all I was telling my friends, too, is I want to, I can't wait to live in a place that you don't need a car. Yeah. It's, it is a different, it is, you feel, okay, so you notice, the the first thing you notice is your money, not your money's there. You don't have to pay your rent, I mean, your insurance and your car payments there, unless you own it. But other than that, though, you you quickly realize that you you have got to start your day before you had to start your day before. So like, yeah, I hated that. When I was minutes. living in Mesa and my car broke down, I had to jump on the train at, se- at 7. Yes. You at know. 7. Or the, the bus. I had to be at the bus stop at 7 because he said 7.16, but he might be there 7.13. Ah, uh, see? But then, then you're still relying on that bus not breaking down. Mm-hmm. So then you get, let's say you're on your way to a, a customer or your client or your job, and it's broken down. If you're underground, there's no communication. It's getting better. But if you're even in a bus, you call and they're like, well, it's no excuse. In New York City, com- um, commuting is not an excuse. So you're not going to get away with being like, oh, I'm stuck on the train. Well, you should have left an hour earlier because this is how this life is, you know? So I, I quickly realized that, oh, God, I wish I had my car. <laughs> but I don't. And you just learn to walk. I love how I hear from my friends on the East Coast. Like, oh, yeah, yeah nobody in New York has a car. I'm like, then there shouldn't be any traffic, bro. Sh- I know. It should only be taxis. <laughs> what are you talking about, then? <laughs> I feel like it's always taxis and black car. Right, so if you, my clients always had a car waiting outside all the time. I'm like, oh, do, how does this work? But it's a, it's a like a, it's like a texting system. There, you know, social lights and people who have lots of money, and you just have a car and waiting at all times. It's basically Uber. Yeah, basically, but it's always big and black and fancy, yeah. you know. So you don't need a car if you're at that level where you can just dial up and your car's waiting for you wherever you are when you come out of your like that's living there. That's why uh, Kobe Bryant before he passed. Well, that's. A, Part of the reason why he passed, he, that's why he had the helicopter, though, was because mm-hmm. what he was saying was that where he lived in L.A. and where he worked in L.A., it was easier for him, which is which is wild just to imagine the traffic in L.A. It was easier for him to have a helicopter than a car. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Upper East Siders to Hamptons. I would yeah. do, I'd be doing a makeup, and she'd be like, the helicopter, so you need to hurry. And I'm like, what? What? So she's helicoptering to the Hamptons because it would take a forty, uh, you know, little time versus sitting in the one lane, tra- two lanes of traffic going there. Yeah. And she wouldn't sit in that lane of traffic anyway. But yeah, you just—it's a different life when you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna call up a helicopter today. <laughs> it, it does. And the thing that was crazy, I'm like, no, logistically that does make sense. It, it totally does. And I think that when we moving forward in aircrafts and these you know, Waymos. And things start floating. Like if you're if a taxi's outside, it's not gonna be on the ground in the future. There's a video game I've been playing. It's called a uh, Cyberpunk 2077, okay. and the whole thing is like you know the Cyberpunk um, yeah. aesthetic. So it's like kind of like that Blade Runner kind of you know futuristic. Yeah. 
and it's interesting because they give you a couple different like paths to start out so you can start out as like a corporate life you can start out as like you know a, a street kid or a nomad and the nomad is like that was the one i picked i'm like nomad you mean just like living out and just doing stuff yeah that's me but I, I've been trying different things, and what was interesting was that the corporate route was exactly what you said, where it's like, you're a suit, you work in this extremely cutthroat building, and then they're like, okay, hey, you need to go this, go ahead and get in the, uh, get in the vehicle, and you get in the vehicle, and I'm expecting a car, yep. and no, we're not going to drive here, man, because this is this, it's kind of like LA, but not... And they're like, no, you're just going to get in this basically helicopter, yeah. and you're going to fly over here. Yeah. And it was interesting because you see the parallels to real life mm-hmm. where it's like you'll see every now and then you'll see you know every now and then in phoenix you'll see a helicopter that's not news or police yes and you're just like oh okay where, and then like who's... sometimes it's landing somewhere you're like oh okay that's okay a, you mm-hmm. know someone's someone's uh, getting a good life yeah. absolutely and if you watch uh, even this this season of west west world oh man I, stepping I've into that the, I've the car oh there's because the, they're in this these taxis that just show up and you just and you don't even have anyone in there it's just i'm ready i'm ready for it i'm in i'm here for it i'm very interested in seeing that that combination of we're going to have autonomous cars and autonomous ubers and it's gonna happen much sooner much sooner than we think and that automation mixed with the automation mixed with people rightly so demanding higher wages and higher mm-hmm. where are we gonna get because i feel like what's gonna happen is that everything's gonna be automated mm-hmm. for like three years and then people are gonna realize hey this doesn't work the same way yeah i like driving I like the physical. It's just like when you don't own an electric car. I I love cars. I go driving cars on track. I love. Oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. My my husband Dima got me into it, and I have this little Fiat Abarth that I won't get rid of. It's this loud little. Oh, monster. those things are fast. Yeah, because they're <laughs> so, light and, they're, yeah. and they move. Yeah. And it's so loud. So I remember pulling up to my first track, and the guy was like, "I've been wanting to get in one of these cars so bad," and it isn't electrical, and I do have it here, and I feel always bad. So I. I we have a golf cart because we're only three blocks away, so I take the golf cart because it's a battery. Mm. I'm trying to save in the environment because yeah. I know the car that's sitting in there is doing its damage. Um, but the feeling Not of, as much. Not as much. The feeling of the control of, you know, standard driving, the stick shift, and, like, knowing everything is, a, is really powerful. To give that all up, it kind of stinks a little bit. Elon Musk is crazy and this whole family is insane as we've seen over the past oh. few days. Oh, yeah. But the what best is going thing on with the dad? Just... And is that his wife? Okay, I need, but this is a whole other gossip show. From what I've been hearing, (laughs) it is the girl that him and his wife raised together. Okay, so they're not blood. That's weird. I mean, I'm not, I shouldn't be saying it like it's, if it's not blood, then it's okay, but. No, but. Okay. Yeah, apparently it's like a Woody Allen situation. Okay. (laughs) But like, and that dude's crazy, his whole family's crazy. The smartest thing he ever did was making electric cars performance. Okay. Yeah. With Tesla. Oh yeah, I like, that's out, the um, smartest thing he's ever, and I mean, he probably didn't even do it. But the smart—that's such a smart idea that like because I think people had the wrong idea about it about like hybrids and electric cars. Because when I tell people, oh, like my brother has a hybrid, they're like, oh man, it's slow, isn't it? No, it's a regular car. Yeah. And I would really, really like to see a company just try to do like all hybrids. Yeah. Or like all like hey. Even, even our performance cars. Because I think you could. There's nothing saying that you can't have a stick shift electric car. I know. That would be amazing. I mean, how many people... Do you drive stick? I can, yeah. Okay. okay. I always say to people, if you're learning how to drive, just try to drive stick. Because when you go to European countries, they mainly, the rentals are always stick shift. So, 
a lot of the generation doesn't drive the stick shift anyway now but if you can learn learn it because it's it's just an extra little thing to and have it's funny too because it takes you one and you're like oh damn it okay <laughs> I, exactly I forgot yeah <laughs> and i think all the military vehicles are standard correct um a lot of them okay a lot of them are a lot of them are they're, they've been getting away from it um okay. and they're some of them are like straight up like you'll push a start and yeah. flick the switch to drive oh okay. um some of them are that easy just because mostly out of necessity because okay. in, a, in a wartime situation right you what you shit, you like man, clutch in are you really thinking that it no. won't catch man like you know you're not trying to deal with all that oh, so a lot truly. of it is necessity but that is one thing too again that old school kind of like there's a reason why all these muscle cars are coming back the way that they are right while we're getting challengers and camaros and chargers and broncos and broncos there's a reason those are coming back and i think it's people kind of miss the hell integras and supras and like yep. you know the japanese mm -hmm. the jdm cars that we used to worship because we all grew up on fast and furious right. it's know? true it's um, so true even those cars like the skyline oh man that skyline looks so cool <laughs> but those are coming back and i'm i'm very interested in seeing like how do we push that forward right are we going to get a hybrid um integra oh, are we going to great because the hybrid mustang look sucks I've oh, seen okay. it. It does not it. look good. No. It looks like it looks like a hatchback. Not a hatchback. Well, kind of a hatchback, but it looks okay. like a crossover. Oh, see, and, and I, I'm like, I, where are, they're coming out of no everywhere cross crossovers. I am not a huge fan. From what I'm hearing, it's cheaper to build. It's okay. a truck built on a car chassis. Yeah. And I used to work in a car dealership, and that was one thing they said was like, these are way cheaper to build than. But I'm kind of hoping that there's someone who just figures out like, dude, people like to drive. Yeah, I think there is going to be, but then you see like. The Jay Leno's and the, the car collectors that are like, I don't even know if these are things are going to be worth anything in the future. You know, it's like the the baseball card collection. <laughs> or the Beanie can, Bears. <laughs> I think as, you can, as long as you can find your people. I, I don't think cars are ever going to lose value because I think people are going to start seeing them the way, way that people see paintings. Oh, interesting. Like, when you look at, like, a 67 Camaro or Corvette, right. like, like a Stingray, people are going to look at that and be like, well, that's Art. so beautiful mm -hmm. and i think when people realize like engineering is a form of art and i think when people right. see that and i think it's going to take one thing that i've liked that i've been seeing in cars recently is um hyundai makes kind of you know economy cars and then they have their genesis line and genesis is like their luxury line and then you look at toyota kind of the same thing toyota economy then they got Lexus. Right. Hyundai Economy. Then they got Acura. Yes. And so what I'm hoping is that what I would kind of like to see is the gap widen a little bit more between those. Mm. Where it's like, okay. no, these are luxury cars. We want to we want these to compete to be competing with BMW. Yep. Yep. And like our economy cars, whatever. Yeah. But they Ford kind of does okay with that where they have like, okay, yeah, cool. Like this is, you know, you know, your regular car. Then they got the Mustang. Then they got the GT. Right. And the uh, GT races Ferraris. Right. <laughs> you know? Yes, 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 yes. That's amazing. I uh, one, Even BM European brands do that. Like, like BMW owns, uh, oh no, is it BMW? I think BMW owns Fiat. Maybe Mercedes. It might be Mer Mercedes. Uh, oh, wait. It isn't Mercedes? I think it's Mercedes. And I think Ferrari or Lamborghini technically owns Alfa Romeo. Yes. I, th I forgot who it is, but yes. a lot of European brands do that too, where it's like, if you just want a car to just get you from place to place, right. here's a Fiat and Alfa Romeo. Uh, Alfa Romeo. Um, 
get that car here from European up from Merrill. I mean, it's 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 like every time. So we got the Fiat because of Manhattan living. The parking is amazing because it's little. But every time I'd be at a stop, I, oh, yeah, I'm literally I could park this way. Um, so I'd be sitting at a light, and there would be an, an old Italian guy that would come up and be like. I had this car when I was young and they stopped making the Abarth and I don't know why it might be just because I have no idea but now I'm going to hang on to it because yeah. now they're not making it anymore I love the sound of it it sounds great it really is I'm six foot one and I've had four adults in it and some Home Depot some wood through it I've carried a table out there in it like it's like a little minivan when the back is open um my but, friend had it and she would just put the seats down. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was wanted. anything you want. Yeah. Honestly, it's such a cool way. I'm like, I'll help you move. And they're like, you drive a Fiat. And I'm like, oh, just wait. Yeah, <laughs> Like, I'll show up. But um, I feel like I love BMWs. We actually were invited to drive BMWs at a track. So we got to do like drag racing with, and they're like, oh, they awesome. ask you to push it. And I love the company because they want you to terrorize their car before they go out, right? They want you to hit the brakes, try to get it off track, or do whatever you can to try it for customers, right? So customers who um, uh, are going to do these things on accident. And one of the best things, which I wish they would do here, and they might at one of the tracks, is that there's a, a, a class that you could take, an eight-hour class, that was for a, a female who could take whatever car they had. So we had our neighbor who drove a minivan. Right, she wanted to feel more secure. I wanted to feel more secure about my Fiat. We brought, we came, and there was just lots and lots of women. You have eight hours with an instructor, and they put you through it. They put you through rain, sliding, any kind of a scary situation. So when you leave that day, you feel like a queen of your car, right? You or it could have been men too, yeah, that's a really but good... mainly a lot of women took it because I feel it's like almost fear. like a defensive driving kind of, yes. but a little bit. And having so you have a security of a guy who's gonna he's this person the instructor was always in control of the the emergency brake and stuff so he would throw you off you would be like what is happening um, but you also at the end you felt like okay now I can drive this that's why I won't get rid of it because I feel like I'm one with the car now yeah. like I feel like I know what it's gonna react in every time and I really wish more people would take the that's the best like that. feeling um, when you finally learn your car because like, even with my car I was driving it and the first time. <laughs> I had like it was, you know, it says like estimated miles miles left for your gas. Oh yeah, yeah. I was driving it, and I look over, and it's all dashes, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> and then as I learn more and more, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. When it gets below thirty, that's when it turns out all dashes. And so I'm like, oh, car, you shouldn't have told me that. So now I'm like, so now like I was driving with my mom one time, and this was like right before gas went crazy. And she's like, Hey, you don't have any gas left in your car. I'm like, nah, I got about 28 miles. She's like, how do you know that? I'm like, because about two miles ago, it said it got it dropped below, so I should be around 28 miles, and we got about 24. So I gotta fill up once we get to where we're at. But till then, now nah, I'm good. It's true. If you know that, it does add a little bit of security to your your you know. My old car, my I had a truck, I had a Chevy S10, and there was a certain point when I realized. Like, I was like, oh, you need to, uh, you need to warm up. <laughs> oh, you didn't have to warm up before because I think I took him out to Virginia and it was cold. Uh -huh. And so, like, a couple times I would start it right up and just, like, in Arizona, I'm like, oh, we're not in Arizona anymore, bro. I know. So, I love the car. The car culture here is so nice. Uh, New England, you have rust. People can't drive. Oh, the, same way. the roads, the tracks, everything is just beat up. But here, there's so much you can do with cars here. So, yeah. I want to do... I'm a big video game fan, and there's a lot of video games that have like ideas that I think you could work in real life. There's a game called Forza Horizon, and it is a car racing festival that has all this music. 
I honestly think you could do that here. I totally. I honestly think you could do that. If you put a DJ set up right in the middle of um, Wild Horse Pass Monday Yes, Park, yep, I've been there. You could do track racing. You could do dirt racing. You can make it a whole festival. And Casino Arizona and the hotel's right there. Yeah, totally. You stay, think, you I gamble. I honestly think you can make a week long. Totally. Uh, like a, definitely a weekend. For sure. The For only sure. thing that my friends are oh, how, how come you haven't done it yet? I'm like, the insurance is stupid. Right. I was just thinking the same the thing. The insurance is insane. It's at least a million for insurance. Oh, that's crazy. But that, but if you could get a setup and a stage and you just had a car festival and you had drift racing and drag oh. racing and dirt and racing. And all on your own. Like, <clears throat> you would be, I, it could, you can't just self-insure yourself. Like, you couldn't individually no, 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 no. You oh. probably have to have that separately, but just okay. the insurance for the event as a whole. Okay. Because I did, I did research into like when Travis. You remember when Travis Scott had that crazy thing? Like people were dying at his festival. Oh yes, yes. So I okay. did some research on that because I was like, well, how can he be held accountable? And the thing is, he. Um, I'm not sure if it was him or his management team or whoever, but the the insurance was skimped on. Okay. So typically, insurance I think is like a million or five million. And they got the minimum that they needed. Okay. And so that's why it was such a big issue mm -hmm. was because, like, same with security. They didn't have enough security there. But Terrible. that's when I kind of learned, like, oh, okay, there's background stuff to this, too. Right. Because if you're going to have a street racing festival, basically, that the insurance is insane. Right. Because I looked at, like, NASCAR and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And it was, oh, okay, we're talking 5 to $10 million for insurance, so... It makes those events so elite in one class. Yeah. That's the problem with those kind of things. You know, you can't well, afford it. Well, I think it. you could... I, I think the way that you'd have to do it, you'd have to... The entry fees would probably have to be high, or you just get a ton, as many people as you can. Yeah. There's an Airbnb that has a racetrack around the oh, Airbnb. Really? Yeah, and it has a... It's in... Because Dima's about to... My husband's about to turn 50 in a few years. And I'm like, I know I want to bring everyone in. And I want people to come. But what does he want? And what does he like to do? And the garage is full of every type of driving. You have little Have you carts. looked at Turo? No. It's an app that is basically Airbnb, but for like luxury cars. So oh, yes. I think he did, has. So there's like... I found a Rolls Royce for like 300 bucks a day. Oh, yeah, I'm not doing that. I want to do that. But like, cause I'm going I to, roll up and pick him up for his birthday. Hey. I'm going to LA soon, and I'm like, Yo, do I want Get to go to LA in a Rolls Royce? Oh, no, like, that would be amazing. Hell no! What? <laughs> And so comfortable, just like you're not. We we had a CTSV for a short period oh, of time, the Cadillac, yeah. mm -hmm. and it was uh, 500 horsepower. And at one point, I was going to Joshua Tree for the weekend, and it was just getting out of. I was not prepared for the gas pedal and the response, and I was just getting out of a line to just go over to another line, but it was coming up quickly, and I just hit the gas enough to where this thing was like. I just was not prepared, and it got a real messy fast. So I get, and I was like, "Okay, do I need?" And we ended up selling it. But I'm like, "I don't no. think we need that in normal life. Like normal life, we cannot. It's just insane." But the look, the part about it was like you were going super fast in what is essentially your couch, right? Because it felt like nothing. You're like, "Oh, I think I just ran someone over," and you're like, "Oh, what a bump!" I, you know, you don't feel <laughs> anything. <laughs> so, and then I kind of get you, and it you lost the feel. Of our BMW, I love the BMW because you can feel it. You can you feel the engine in your chest, and you can feel it. Yeah. But on that, you don't feel that power. You don't feel that it's like it's a computer's driving you. No, and that's what it was like. Yeah. I think it's 
that that's crazy too because when you look at I, I just saw a video of this guy in a car and he was getting uh, chased by the cops mm-hmm. and it was at night and they're <laughs> laughing they, already i don't know why <laughs> and all they showed because i think it was from the perspective of the cop and then someone else posted the perspective from the actual car okay. there, and all the guy does is just turn off his lights and you just hear <laughs> I'm like, oh my god oh, and yeah. i think I, it wasn't even like it wasn't even like a crazy car i think it, it was either a mustang or like a uh or the new supra the frs okay it wasn't even anything like super super crazy and i'm like man that thing's got like 360 yeah, maybe nuts. four imagine fuck i know i'm telling you it i was watch too f1 much. and so like watching f1 i'm just like these are jet cars yeah yeah, it was too much. It wasn't These fun. These are so fast. Yeah, it doesn't. You lose the, you. I lost. It wasn't fun for me. So I'm like, we had a, we had a, a 1972 Blazer at the same time, and Ooh. I'm, I'm one. My brother's I, got a 94 uh, Bronco. Oh, see, see, those are. Oh god, I just, I just sold the 72, but, um, it was amazing and it was fun. But that was my car from Maine. Like we had trucks in the yard, like many, many, many empty rusted trucks. But that smell of when you started it up was what I craved but having it here and I'd start up my whole neighborhood would smell like exhaust and I'm like okay maybe I'm not that great for the environment with this thing so I ended up selling it but and the CTSB came in after that and then I was like I'm going back I'm going back to after the CTSB I'm like I'm going back to the field I don't even care I mean I do care about the environment and I I do have well a but that's what car, makes but... like the Fiat perfect yeah is that comparatively Small. it's not doing quite the same damage as like the dudes with the big coal roller trucks are just bellowing. I'm like, this yo, what are we awesome. doing? Are we still doing this, man? I thought this died. I thought this trend died. Were the tires as tall as us? Yeah, yeah I thought I this trend died, man. Like, I, I didn't see it in Arizona for like a year. I'm like, Something's going on. And then I saw everybody bring it back. Oh, it's just COVID. Then. All right. <laughs> now they're all out again. Oh, gas yeah. prices just went up, so you couldn't do it anymore because <laughs> diesel is eight dollars a gallon or some shit. Yeah, okay. You end up selling. It's true. It's very true. Mm. I already decided my next car is for sure going to be a hybrid, but I'm also thinking, like, let's do something cool. Yeah. Like, I have a, a, um, what do I have? Elantra? I think I have an Elantra right now. It's just four-door, you know, basic, but I'm like, my next thing, I'm like, let's do something fun, man. Yeah. You're more, you're more your personality. I feel like it's, it's when you, when you do love cars. Don't tempt me, because I get, I, I feel like I get speeding tickets a lot, so don't tempt me. Okay, okay. Because, like, part of me is like, yo, get an F. Get an FRS. Like, the devil right. on my phone is like, get an FRS. <laughs> get a GTR. Get something that doesn't have a name, just letters. Like, Yeah. I know, but you, you, but in here, it's easier to drive faster, right? Because it's oh, just, I fly, I fly on the highway. Crazy. Everyone flies on the highway. I know. It's true. It's true. I think I've lived, I've driven in they so many places. They say 65, now it's 80. It is. It is 80. I've driven so many places in the world, and the fir- Tel Aviv was one of my hardest places to drive. And then when I moved here, I literally, because I moved from New York City where you get a $500 fine if you are anywhere near your phone. You come here, the first week I'm here, and the girl's behind me, and she is texting away, and then I look in my rear view, and she is across the highway. Six lanes of traffic up on the, the side. The skill of people in Arizona to be able to text... <laughs> while yes. going 80 miles an hour. You have to see this, people. The vision just, was amazing. <laughs> and just gone. I am definitely... I have to put my phone in my back seat. And that's how strict I am. Because I know... Not that I... I don't think anything ever is going to come across that important enough to, for me to take that moment to look. But there is that chance that I might just peek. 
So I throw it in the back so that I don't do that. And I get people who are so upset. Like, I called you twice. And I'm like, yeah, I was on a, an hour road trip. I'm sorry, you I didn't answer. My brother, um, my brother, he's able to turn off his notifications while he's driving. <gasps> that's in the hybrid? On the iPhone. On the iPhone. Okay. Oh, on the iPhone. Okay. Yeah, so that's what he does. So I'll I'll call him and he'll be like, hang on, I'm driving. Okay. Oh, All awesome. notifications are off. Oh, like, that's, that's great. genius. That's, and it actually shows people that, oh, if, if I was driving and I sent you that message and I got that message back, I'd be like, oh, I feel like shit. I'm sitting here doing this on the while well, I'm driving and he's not. Yeah, you know. And it's cool too because I was like, "Well, what about your music?" He's like, "It's all through the, it's all Bluetooth." Yeah. So like with which most cars have now, so you just yeah. you know kind of click up and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool, that's yeah. perfect." He's yeah, like, yeah, it works. Done. Works right. Yeah. He, and you have the opportunity to push it to urgent if you want. So like oh, okay. if it is urgent, then okay. you then it'll ring and then he's like, oh, "Okay, there's something." Oh, okay, on. good, good. Yeah, because no, most people aren't gonna get into the urgent level on this no. or something serious. You know? What we said earlier, hey, don't call me unless there's a death. Like, yeah, yeah. That's not true. You can call me, but like, it, it yeah. might, I might not answer. Like, <laughs> I'll explain to you later. But. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just explain later. Uh, too much. I did tell him one time, like, yo, did somebody die? He's like, no. Like, the, why are you calling me? He's like, because I'm about to order pizza right now and I knew you were going to see my text. <laughs> Oh, okay, cool. Um, extra, extra onions, please. Yeah. So, what do you? So, what do you got going on? Like, what? Anything that you wanted to add? Anything that you want to plug? Um. Okay. So, I would love to plug everyone who's here, and obviously, if you come back, we have April Howland Gallery, and every first Friday, she introduces all new painters. So, it's a really great thing. If anyone wants to come on down, if you're a painter, um, go ahead and Instagram and DM her. She's great. We have Cisco Sews. We have uh, Jesse Rose. We have Carrie Mosier Jewelry. You heard the banging. Yeah. She's banging some earrings back there through the interview. I was like, really? No, <laughs> it's perfect. I know. It's so great. And then we have Kevin Crash, and we have Olivia uh, Fair, who does uh, photography. And we have Bees Knees, which is the original OG. Julia has a resale um, shop here. Oh, cool, cool, cool. And just for people to know that we are artist-based, but the two retail shops that were, are here in Vintage or in um, her uh, resale were grandfathered in in the sale. So if these two businesses leave, because I, you know, I say that I'm for artists, right. we both carry local artists. I carry three different types of local artists, and my Collage Escape studio is within this shop. Cool. But I'd like everyone to know out there that once these shops are not here, it will be another artist space. Um, we are currently um, looking at working on the back for next summer. We will be building some more um, artist studios because we want to continue just being able to, we ha, do, we will have a couple businesses in here because that will be the way that I can keep the rent slow for people. Yeah. So if I can just invest in this hive as a family group, we do first Fridays, we're doing some morning markets through the summertime. Um, DM me if you're an artist and you need some space. I we, Where can I, I do that? Um, oh, from Hive, uh, Hive on 16th. Uh, Instagram is Hive on 16th. And then of course, Hive on 16th.com uh, is the website. And all artists that come for first Friday, there are no fees. The food trucks don't have to pay a fee. They just come and make their money for the day and go. So I hope to see many, many more food trucks and many, many more artists. And thank you for our amazing interview. Awesome, awesome. 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 Hey, thank you guys for listening. Thank you. For, okay, how long do you think you did it? Um, 48 minutes. Oh, no, no, no. We're at 221. What? <laughs> We're at 221, yeah. 221. I, I say it every time. Everyone's like, oh, I'm not, I don't know how long we can go. Got you. <laughs> Our minimum guaranteed. It's awesome. Guaranteed. So, so good. Appreciate you sitting down with me, Tanil. Thank you. All right. Hey, peace, guys. Thank peace. you for listening.